Good evening, everybody, and welcome here to the Sports Talk Network, specifically talking Packers with Steve as we are to talk about what was the wild card week, what is division around. Also, thanks or welcome to those that are watching live on YouTube or on X, formerly known as Twitter, um, let alone watching audio version on Spotify. Just search Talking Packers with Steve there as well for the audio side of things. Um, but like I said, tonight we have some great guests. We have guests representing the 49ers, the Cowboys, and also a guest representing the Green Bay Packers. But first, let me introduce our co-host. First, from uh, sunny Florida, uh, AJ. AJ, how you doing this week? Good, good. Uh, good to be back in uh, warm weather. So, yeah. You already started up classes? <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, first class was started yesterday. So back into the swing, of th- back into the swing of things. So good to be back, though. Right, good. And let's welcome our new co-host, fellow co-host, now a team of three, Mary. <laughs> Mary, hey, hey, how you doing this evening? And hey, welcome to the team. It's cold in Florida. I don't like it. It is. It's, I'm doing good though. It is. It actually is. It's chilly, but it's not. It's not like negative four like back home. So this is. The, <laughs> yeah, I'll take this. That's true. What exactly <laughs> is the temperature? Where you guys are at? Uh, it was like oh. it's only like in the fifties today. Honestly, I think right now it's probably like 55 or something. For me, it's 60. But yeah, okay. probably right there. There you go. There you go. I think right now here we're at 14, but but it's all right. <laughs> we yeah. survived. We're used to it. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah, well, welcome to you guys uh, being here. It's every single week. Mary here starting this week. Um, and next week we might actually have, have Emily with us. Um, on this show, so we'll we'll certainly see how how that goes. He was reaching out to me earlier, but let's get into it. Um, so we have a great guest coming up. We can be able to be on. Where's that coming? All right, sorry about that. All right, but anyways, um, let's welcome our guest representing the San Francisco. 49ers, if this works, come on. There we go. <laughs> uh, Mark Adams, how you doing this evening, sir? How's it going? Good. Going well. Going well. Good. Good. And let's just jump right, right into it. Like you said, we have this big game, you know, the continuation of what is great uh, rivalry between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers over the years, whether from back in my era and back in my day with Brett Favre versus Steve Young uh, to what was Jimmy Garoppolo versus Aaron Rodgers. Um, matchups uh, in the playoffs and regular season and otherwise. Uh, but let's start with our guest heading into this game. You guys being the number one seed, earning that spot, um, and watching the Packers and their demolition of Dallas. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts, your thoughts personally, and kind of your view in regards to hearing from fellow Niners fans of how you think you guys are going to do this time against now with Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I think that uh, for the most part – what I'm hearing is really good things about Jordan Love. I I remember watching him early in the season and kind of seeing a, a a young guy who was inconsistent, you know, may, maybe would make a, a terrible throw on one play and then follow it up with with something that would make me go, "Whoa, that was that was pretty." 
And so it seems like right now he's playing a lot more consistently. And then I think that uh, with, uh, with that running game, that definitely helps. I, I saw a statistic that when Aaron Jones gets a hundred yards or more that uh, uh, Jordan Love plays well, the Packers win. When he doesn't get a hundred yards or more, then then Love's not as good, and the Packers aren't winning as as much. Now, y'all would know that more than I would. That's just something that I saw. Uh, I think I think I saw it on Twitter or something like that. But um, yeah, I think that what I've seen from 49ers fans this week has kind of been the extremes. It's been um, we're gonna beat them by fifty. And then it's been the other side that, oh my gosh, we're, I'm scared. How are we going to stop Jordan Love? But most, mostly it's been kind of in the middle <laughs> that, uh, look, if the 49ers play their game, they're going to win. And so as long as they don't turn the ball over, if they can stop the run, slow down Aaron Jones, uh, make the Packers one-dimensional, and don't turn the ball over, then they should be fine. Uh, that's I, I think that that's probably where most fans are at, but there are those that are in the two extremes. Uh, just like I've seen a lot of Packers fans um, this week who have been, you know, we're going to kill the 49ers and, and uh, uh, that team's overrated and Brock Purdy's not any good. And, and all he does is turn the ball over, which he has, uh, he threw 11 interceptions this season, which is the same that Jordan Love <laughs> threw. So I don't really know why people think that Brock Purdy's terrible, but um, so I think that it's pretty balanced. I mean, um, we respect the Packers and the organization and the history. We hate the Cowboys. So we were rooting for you, um, over the weekend. And so always happy to see Dallas lose. And, and then, I mean, we had it great. We had Dallas lose. Then we had the Rams. We hate them too. And then we had the Seahawks that didn't even make the playoffs. So, it's been a good last week or so for us, but, uh, you know, hopefully things go our way, but I know that you're hoping things go your way. For sure. Yeah. I'm muted. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, before we continue this conversation, I did want to also add in a fellow Packer fan and a guest, another guest, uh, of this, uh, fine show for this episode, Matt Ramage. What is up? What's up? Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I have a few brews. You know what I mean? We're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so regards to you know, Marcus, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in regards to what Mark was saying, in regards to you know this game, his side of things, um, his um, pulse on the 49er fan base and uh, Niners gang and Niners nation. Um, Matt, from, from from your fan base, from you know fellow Packer fans. Uh, yourself, you know, talking to or just hearing from. What is your pulse on your end that you, and your thoughts in regards to heading into this game facing off the 49ers, you know, a team that's our, that is our bugaboo. We're trying to get over the hump. We don't have Rodgers anymore. We have Jordan Love now. You know, um, you know, will this young team collapse at the worst time, you know, where we had a great game against Dallas, but now the 49ers are going to chop us up, you know. So what are what is your own, you know, thoughts, let alone thoughts that you've been receiving, um, in your own world, um, on your show and otherwise. All right. So like what I've been seeing, and first of all, sh shout out to Mark. Like, uh, I, I've been hearing like mostly about like, uh, I, I haven't seen many Packer fans say like, we're going to blow them out. Cause like a lot of Packer fans are kind of scared. I, 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 but I, I agree 
with what he's saying is like there's like extreme spectrum and then there's like a crazy like a lot of Packer fans <laughs> like we're we don't have a chance we don't have this and that but everyone said that last week too against the Cowboys so and I know that they're not the same people are like well the Niners ain't, ain't the Cowboys like they're they're not the same and no team is the same but the Niners are the number one seed for a reason but the Cowboys were the number two seed for a reason too like these are good teams the Packers started off slow like they were like way up and down first year starter like that was what we all expected really didn't ex- a lot of fans didn't expect to get into the playoffs but the Packers have been playing hot like I'm excited and then the, the Niners have been like the Packers nemesis like the, the <laughs> Whenever we get in the playoffs and like, oh, we're playing the Niners, it's like, oh, I was at that Niners game, that playoff game at Lambeau. Like, I, I was, I was oh, hammered. Man. That was, a, that was cold. <laughs> yeah. I, was in, I was in second row. Like, that, that's one of my favorite games, even though we, we lost. It was like an absolute party. When that punt happened, that, that punt block, I was right there and I was just sh- in shock. I was just like, how does this happen right here? But um, I, I, I think most fans are like kind of in the middle, like, like he was saying. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think anyone's going to blow out anyone unless the Packers have a total collapse. I just don't see it. Jordan Love is playing so good right now. This team is so confident. Uh, the defense is playing extremely better. I remember Matt LaFleur like a few weeks ago, like when this defense was really struggling, everyone's like fire Joe Barry right now, like Christmas time and all that, where he said, I'm going to have a bigger pulse on this defense. I feel like since then they've been pressuring the quarterback better. They've been bringing some stuff. Defense has been playing better. Um, the, the Niners are no team to play with. The one thing I, I think about the Niners is that I think that they sat their players that last game of the season, and then they had to bye week. And as a Packer fan, I've seen that where we've kind of like had that bye week, and then we just come out and we're just dead. And that's like my hope. <laughs> my, I'm just hoping to the football gods that uh, the, the Niners come out a little bit rusty and the Packers can can get a lead because I, I think that was huge for the Packers uh, against the Cowboys is they got a lead, and then mistakes started happening. Cowboys were yeah. trying to do some stuff. I, I don't think that it's gonna go the same way. I don't think at all. I, I I think that the the best Packers can hope for is that it's a battle, and that there are some mistakes that aren't on the Packers, and that, you know the the Packers have a young kicker too who's been missing extra points, and so I think that with people thinking it's gonna be a close game, the kicker is gonna be huge. So uh, I, I think uh, I, I I think it it's going to be a close game. I don't think I've I've seen many Packer fans too arrogant where they think it's going to be a blowout. But I know that 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 they're probably out there. A lot of Packer fans that I have, like especially on Facebook, because you know Facebook is the most negative place in the, <laughs> all, all of social media. Everyone is like the world's ending. A lot of them are saying the Packers don't have a chance. Uh, I think they have a chance, but I think nobody on this Packers team is like thinking that the Niners are like slouches. They're the number one seed. They've been the team that everyone's saying is going to win a Super Bowl all year. And um, But I think that they're going to come to play. I, I think that this Packers team wants to come out and show this isn't the Aaron Rodgers Packers. This isn't – and not that it's slight of Aaron Rodgers, but this is a different team. That 0-4 is not this team. This is Jordan Love. This is uh, you know, Aaron Jones. It seems to be pretty healthy. Uh, Jair Alexander, I, I think, is going to play. I think I saw that he's better this year or this week at this point than he was last week at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'll be huge. But the, the Niners offense isn't on both sides of the ball. They're not something to like – they're not no one slouch. So the Packers have to come. They have to have play mistake-free football and just come at it. And I think that this team is just jacked up. I feel like they're, they have all the confidence in the world. So I think it's going to be an absolute <coughs> battle. Well, it definitely is going to be back and forth. AJ, what are your thoughts in regards to heading into this game? Uh, I think our hope 
all lies in Joe Barry's hands once again. Uh, if if Green Bay can slow down Chris McCaffrey just a little bit and make Brock actually beat them, throw the ball a little more, get pressure on him, stop their little their screen passes and all that, I think they're going to have a really good a really good chance this week. Um, I I want to see them use Christian Watson a lot this week. I I think they kind of saved him a little bit last week just because he was like begging to play in that playoff game. Uh, I think he's going to be ready to go completely this week, and I'm hoping they just let him run around the field like they like they were when he was healthy a couple weeks back. Um, if we can get some big plays out of him, get Jaden get Jaden back involved this week, that'd be huge. Uh, offensively, though, it starts with Aaron Jones again. If if Green Bay is able to block, run block, and he's able to get going like he was a little bit like last week, then I mean those are all very huge factors for Green Bay this week. I, I think. Green Bay is going to score points this week. I know their defense is really, really good. They got those two edges that are that are beasts. That I'm worried that we maybe can't block, but our lines held up. They had no sacks last week. Um, if we can get a little bit like of that performance, that'd be huge. Uh, like I said, I think we're going to score points. It's just if our defense can get enough stops in this game. Uh, I like what you like what you said with the uh, the rust for those like two weeks that they've basically not played. That, I think that is huge. Uh, you've seen that the past couple of years with Aaron's teams when they've made the playoffs, they've looked they've looked really rough for a little bit of the game, and then they slip up, and you never know. This, this 49ers team, they're really talented. They're really good. Uh, we got our hands full, but the way that we're playing football, I mean, I'm I'm fully ready for this week. I f- I feel good. Um, I feel like this is going to be a really close game, closer than what some people might think, and you never know. It's got there's good vibes in that locker room right now, and that that can be dangerous. Yeah, definitely, and at least, and I know for me, in regards to you know, game of the week could be a great game. This one definitely can be, um, you know, also with the other NFC games. I think both NFC games can be uh, the closest games, the best games. Um, and specifically here with the 49ers facing up against the Packers. Um, Mary, any, any your initial thoughts in regards to uh, your thoughts in heading into this game that's going to be? So I think it's going to be very close, like these other guys said. Um, Jair is practicing better. I did see that. He did not practice today, but it was a walkthrough practice, so it really doesn't count. Okay. So like AJ said, the offensive line has been doing great. I hope it does it again. I saw today um, Zach Tom has only allowed two socks so far, so that's huge for us. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, so it should, should be a back and forth. You know, I agree. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either side of the way. Uh, we'll get to our predictions later, but right now, you know, just simply say that you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't of the past matchups. This is going to be a fresh matchup in regards to quarterbacks. You know, we got the form, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, uh, facing up against Jordan Love. And remember, you know, Packer fans that Jordan Love was drafted. A lot of people weren't happy with that pick at that time, understandably. But, you know, now it's coming home to roost in a good way, you know, for, for the Packers. And, and we could have already a Cinderella season with Jordan this season if we make it to the Super Bowl in his first season as a starting quarterback. But, you, know, you don't want to put the cart before the horse there, but uh, Mark, in regards to the 49ers, in regards to this game, as we talk about, you know, this this new matchup, this Brock Purdy Jordan Love matchup, um, you know, who do you give the the uh, the edge to in that matchup one on one, 
And what other extractor do you see for your 49ers that they need to do to get the win? Well, you know, one of the things that AJ said was that um, he hopes that the Packers defense can slow down Christian McCaffrey and force Brock Purdy to have to throw more than just the little dump off passes. Um, and, and this is one of the things that we're seeing from fan bases and from media that, that really don't follow the 49ers that closely is that everybody thinks that Brock just dumps it off. And then Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Brandon, Ayuk take it and run a long way, but he actually on deep passes. So this is 20 yards or more. He leads the NFL in completion percentage. He has the highest PFF grade. He's tied for the most touchdowns on 20 yards or more. Um, has the second highest passer rating in the NFL on deep throws. So he's throwing the ball down the field a lot. And so I he just he's just extremely accurate. Um, not that he's perfect. I mean, he definitely has his issues, but I have full confidence in him. He's already been through the playoffs before, um, you know, and I mean, gosh, Jordan Love was great last week. And so it's going to be a good game. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't, I, I do think it's going to be close. Um, I mean, what's, what's the line like nine, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Like yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I pay attention to those simply because Vegas, when it comes to this, they're, they're deadly accurate. Now they're wrong a lot, but they're right more often than like you and I are. And so I, I pay attention to those things, but you know, it, it, anything can happen. So I don't, I, I'm not one that goes into it and is like, Oh man, this is, this is going to be a blowout. It's going to be boring. I don't think that at all. I think it's going to be really, a really good game. And for me, what it, the 49ers offense is going to score. They're they're going to score a lot of points. They're probably going to score over 30. That's just what they do. But I think, to me, the key is the 49ers defense against the Packers offense. That's that's going to be the key to the game. And if the if the defense comes out and plays like they like they have in games, you know, like whether it's Dallas or Philly or some of the other teams then uh, it's going to be hard on Jordan Love. But, I mean, if they come out and they're they're rusty or they're a little slow or whatever, then who knows what could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we were saying earlier, no no blowout. But, yeah, I didn't you know realize that. Even in watching some 49er games and how well Brock does in regards to the deep ball, um, you know, kind of going in the same thought as AJ was earlier in regards to the dink and dunk and make him throw farther. Maybe we don't want that. Otherwise, we'll be put into a trap in a sense, uh, lured in and then getting burned. Uh, but hopefully that's not the case. Uh, but Matt, in regards to our corners and, and, you know, Joe Barry and our defense and zone and, and all those issues that we're having, you know, I think that's going to be a big issue in regards to, you know, facing Brock Purdy and his, and his long ball um, and his accuracy there. Um, what are your thoughts on that specifically? And I think we able to, to match up to, to, uh, to stop that. Well, McCaffrey scares the heck out of me. Like, I played against him in fantasy this year, and I turned the game off. Like he was just, <laughs> he just destroyed me. I like lost by like a hundred points. I don't know what I lost by, but I just just watched him destroy me. So he's he, he's dangerous in like a, more than one way. Um, as far as our corners are, 
they they've been playing better. Like this defense has been playing better, like as a whole. But um, like obviously, like watching earlier in the year, watching this Joe Barry defense, the zone. Sometimes they play off. You even saw in the Cowboys game when kind of when they kind of let off the brakes or let off the gas a little bit. Mm-hmm. They just got torched. Like this defense uh, can get got. Um, I think that, that that they're playing hot right now. I feel like they're playing like at a different level. I, I like trying to, to even think about earlier in the season because I feel like this is a different team now. I feel like Jordan Love is playing better. The offense is playing better. The defense is playing better. Um, I, I think that they're going to absolutely come to play. But like this, this Niners offense, I, I accidentally watched a Niners highlight video earlier today, popped up on my feed, and just watching Joe Kittle just uh, – or uh, Kittle get just – He's open like when he gets the ball, and I, I absolutely love Kittle. I think he's uh, he's great. He's fun to watch. I think I like I like his attitude, like his the whole thing. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't have too much attitude that on, on Saturday doesn't have reasons to talk too much. But um, th- this offense is going to be like, like he said, they're going to put up points. Hopefully, the Packers, um, their offense does the same thing. Aaron Jones is on fire right now. He's a huge part. If if Aaron Jones is rolling the Packers offense is rolling and but earlier in the year when Aaron Jones wasn't rolling they kind of figured it out because at first when Aaron Jones wasn't there this offense was dead like they had nothing they kind of figured out how to win without him and then he came back and they uh they have been balling but um I I I absolutely think that this is going to be a high scoring close game whoever makes the most mistakes type of thing is going to win hopefully our corners can can stand up because Purdy he he definitely can he can definitely throw. He I, he he's not like just uh, throw screen passes type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 can get it on the field. But I think it it is like with Dallas. You know they got to pick six. Like who's going to make the mistake? I don't think that Purdy's just going to start slinging it out there and like you know Brett Favre this thing. But like I, I think that um, who will make the mistake? Like will there be a fumble? Will there be you know a fumble at the five yard line somewhere? Will there be an interception or like, even a muff punt? Like there's going to be. A mistake somewhere. I, I feel like whoever makes the most mistakes is going to lose this game. Uh, but I, I expect that this defense, because like they've been disrespected so much throughout the year, I feel like at some point they were just like no more. Like even their fans were like disrespected. Everyone's like fire the coordinator, you know, cut this guy. We're gonna do this and that. So uh, I I expect this defense to come out and play. But like the the Niners' offense is no joke. Yeah. Go to you, AJ, and then Mary afterwards, right after. Um, in regards to, for you, the uh, X factor of the game for the Packers to get the win and what they need to do. Um, it, it's just got to be defense. Like I've said, you know, they, I think they got to, they got to get pressure on Brock. Uh, I, I think the way that Baltimore played, I'm not expecting Brock to play like that, obviously, this week, but the way that Baltimore played and got pressure. It was always in his face, and they had hands on everything, deflecting tons of passes. I think that's what you have to do to Brock, and you know, limit limit those throws down the field. Like I think Kenny Clark has to be one of those guys this week that just dominates up front, throws guys around, gets in Brock Purdy's face, gets to Christian McCaffrey. You know, I feel like he's going to be huge. Um, for me, it's just defense. You know, I think those DBs need to stay confident, stay hot, which they're playing with tons of confidence. That. That podcast last week of uh, Monra and DJ Moore, Monra said those guys were talking crazy. Those young guys, you know, that I think that's, I think that has a lot to do with Jair. 
I'm going to be completely honest, and he's rubbing off. I think those guys are playing with some attitude, confidence. You, I mean, Keyshawn and Valentine have been great. They've been all over the field. Those guys were balling this week. Hopefully they can get a little more of that. Um, you know, Kingsley out for the year sucks, but I'm excited for Luke. You know, you saw him out on the field this week. He got another sack. I think they're going to let him unleash this week, and I feel like he could be really important for this defense this week for sure. Um but yeah, I think it's just the matchup. Slow down Christian McCaffrey. Hopefully Quay. You know, I, I kind of feel like he's gonna be a little more matched up with Kittle than DeAndre, just because he's a little more athletic and move better. So I feel like he's gonna be super important this week. Um you know, for me it's just defense. I I think I've seen enough from this offense the last couple of weeks. You know, the 49ers defense is really good. I'm not taking anything away from them, but what I've seen from this offense the past couple of weeks is I mean, I feel confident. I'm not worried about them stepping out there, needing a big play, this or that. I don't care. I'm just – I'm solely worried about the defense, how they play this week. Can they get enough stops? Can they get off the field on third down? Are we going to play soft zone or are we going to match up, play man? You know, it, for me, it's defense. The whole entire defense is the X factor this week. So, I'm, I'm putting everything on the defense. Mary? Oh, um, so like AJ said, Kingsley and Ibarre, we met before, actually spoke about this today. He's not sure of the, he's not sure of the, the ACL tear, like Rob Demosky said. So we're not sure about that. Um, and I was a huge Lucas Vanessa fan from the draft. So I hope he does great again. Um, gets a sack. Um, and I think if Joe Barry, oh no, I don't want to say this when Matt's here. Um, if Joe Barry wins this game, or if Joe Barry helps us win this game, I think he's going to stay another year as the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. I agree. Probably. I mean, yeah, if 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 they actually like <laughs> shut down this Niners offense, like if they no you know held it to a you know respectable limit, which I don't, I think that's that that's a tough thing to predict. Yeah. But like if they did. I, I think that there's to be yeah. a good chance for there. But the, the thing with Joe Barry is like his contract's over, so they had to sign him to a new contract. It's easier to just not fire someone right. than to say we're <laughs> gonna give you another contract. But if he did something ridiculous against his Niners, because they, they did pretty good most of the game for the Cowboys until that I don't know if I'd call it garbage time, but like they kind of like yeah. let off the yeah. I think way too early they, they did that because it scared me a little bit. Yeah. But uh if, if they did that type of thing for the whole game, mm-hmm. then I think that be like, all right, they figured it out, but um, we'll see. Yeah, sure. All right, well, then let's go around as we already, as we did in the same order. So we will start with Mark here. Your predictions, if you want to put a score, you can. If you don't, that's fine too. But your predictions here for the game, the divisional game, Green Bay Packers, San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara. I think the 49ers are going to win, and that's not a homer thing. I, I have to make picks every week for 49ers web zone. I actually picked them to lose the game against the Ravens. Um, and so I, I, I pick to be right. If I pick the 49ers to lose, then I of course hope that I'm wrong. But uh, so I, I don't make picks just as a, as a fan. I, I do it to, to try to be right. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just, I think that the teams, the defenses that have given the 49ers problems this year, Cleveland, Baltimore, 
both of those teams had really good linebackers. And the Packers defense, I think that's maybe their weak spot. And Kyle Shanahan is really good at finding those weak spots, especially when they're linebackers, whether it's McCaffrey or Kittle or Debo. Um, I, I think that the linebackers could be a liability on Saturday uh, for uh, for the Packers. Now watch, they'll do something great and make me look bad. But uh, so I, I would pay attention to that. That's going to be your George Kittle, uh, your Christian McCaffrey, uh, things like that. So I would pay attention to that. And then the other thing is that the 49ers, when they've had problems, when they've lost, it's always been when they have played, I think, like their sixth game in a row. When they're coming off of a bye, they're real, that, that defense is just ferocious. And so I think, I, I think that it's going to be hard for Aaron Jones to run the ball, even though I – I like him a lot. I've had him on fantasy teams for years, not this year, but, but in the past. And so I've always been an Aaron Jones fan and I think he's really good, but I I think that they're probably going to focus on him, try to make the Packers one dimensional. And so that would be my, my prediction. You know, I heard earlier, uh, earlier today, Mark Chimura talking about how he 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 said, I don't condone this, but I kind of do in the in the postseason. If we could get some hits, even if they're illegal, on Brock Purdy and kind of kind of get him hurting, I'm all for that. And I I mean Mark Chamorro is a piece of crap. I mean oh, yeah. uh, the guy yep. likes he likes teenage girls. And so but the cool yep. the cool thing yep. was that I saw a lot of Packers fans saying, Hey, don't put us in with that guy. We do not no. condone that. We want to play yeah. fair and we want this to be a clean game, not a dirty game. Mm-hmm. And so I just think like for, for Chimura or anybody else who his, his mindset was we have to go in and out physical, the 49ers, that's just not going to happen. I think the Packers best chance of winning is to play their game. And that's with speed uh, on offense and uh, the 49ers have a couple of safeties that uh, that are older, and so they lack some speed back there in the secondary. And I think that that's, uh, whether it's Christian Watson or Dobbs or whoever, I think that they have uh, some opportunities there uh, getting some guys open. I don't think they'll be as open as they were in Dallas because there was nobody even close to those guys because um, <laughs> Dallas is just terrible. Uh, but... I think that that's going to be the Packers' best opportunity is to use that speed. Don't try to out-physical the 49ers. Try to out-quick out them. Try to outsmart them. That's going to be their best bet. But I think in the end, the experience is going to, is going to pay off and the 49ers will pull it out. All right. Matt, what would be your prediction for this game upcoming? First of all, Mark Chamer is a bum. Like I want to be clear. Like I don't know why he's even on the radio. He embarrassed Packers fans today. Like I, I'm like, like that, that, that so irritated me so much to like come out and say that. But um, I I do think the Packers like as far as like getting pressure on uh Purdy is, is key. But like not to try to hurt him. But I, I think that it, that's in any game. Like I don't care if it's Tom Brady, whoever it is, get pressure up the middle, get them off their spot, try to 
stop that uh, timing route stuff, but not trying to hurt nobody. But um, uh, I, I think like what what he said. I think the Packers do like as far as offense goes. They have to use their speed. They have to use like good route running. They have to get creative. They don't. Uh, and it, like as defense, they have to like get after them. And McCaffrey's just ridiculous. And the Packers, you know, stopping the run in, in the past has been an issue. So they have to. I don't think you're gonna shut down like one side of it, like you know, making them one dimensional. I feel like McCaffrey's gonna do like what what McCaffrey does. He, so they have to contain that. But um, I think just on offense, they have, they have to play their offense. This offense has been been playing lights out. No matter what the defense does, they have to get people open. And hopefully, uh, Christian Watson, he's another week healthier. He was in there. He was in there last week, and this offense has been playing really good without him. So hopefully this offense just goes out there and balls out. This is a team that wasn't really expected to be in a situation. And I do feel like they have a chip on their shoulder to say, hey, these are the almighty 49ers, and we're going to go out there and do that. So I feel like uh, um, I feel like I, th- I think I, th- I think the Packers win this game. My prediction was 34-31. I'm not good at predictions. I predicted that same thing last week because I thought that was going to be a close game. So like, we'll, I, I hope they prove me wrong again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's – and just blow the dust <laughs> off them, but I don't expect that to happen. But um, I feel like this uh, this Packers offense just has to do what they do. Don't try to change stuff. Don't try to get too. I mean, be creative, but don't try to get too fancy and try to like, all right, this is 49ers, We're going to try this, this, and that. Just uh, go out there and play your game, and hopefully that the, the defense gets pressure. The defensive line is like key, and the linebackers just get pressure. That that secondary, hopefully. With, with Jair, they can make plays, but like they got some young guys back there, and uh, hopefully uh, they can get it done. But I think I think they do. I feel like that they, they want to show everyone this isn't the the team of old. Even though th- this is a very extremely young team, a lot of people didn't expect them to be here. I don't think that the, the team feels that though. They don't have the same mm-hmm. mindset as a lot of fans have and outsiders watching. Like they're just happy to be here. They're not just happy to like be in the dance. They wanna they wanna dance with the with the pretty girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I feel like they wanna. <laughs> They're gonna come to play. They're gonna come to win, and I, I think they will. But it'll be close. AJ, well, Steve, you you know my uh, you know how I've been oh, the yeah. last couple of weeks. I uh, I do think this is. I think I'm solely the reason Green Bay loses games because I take them to win. So I've done this for the past. I don't even know how many weeks it's been. I just always pick the opposing team, and we just keep winning. I'm sticking on that again, but uh, I do believe—I say that, but I do believe the Packers can win. Um, for me, a name that I haven't said yet is uh, Rashawn Gary. You know, he's been kind of quiet the past couple weeks, but um, you know, he had that breakout game in the playoffs a couple years ago against them. I feel like he's just been too quiet lately. I feel like this is a big game for him prime time in a divisional game against a really good team. I think he shows up and I think he balls out this week. I like him a lot this week. And then on offense, man, you know, I think that was one of Matt's best play calling games of his, of his head coaching career at green Bay. The, I mean, it was like, everything was open. He knew every weak spot of that Dallas defense. He attacked it. I mean, that was one of his best play calling games I thought. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he can draw up something again this week. For that 49ers defense, you know, they might not have too many weaknesses, but I think the play calling and what he runs and the designs are going to be huge, a huge factor this week. You know, give make it easier on Jordan, make it easier on these young receivers. 
this O-line. Um, I, I, I like – I like Green Bay's chances this week. I really do. Uh, this it just feels different. It just I don't know what it is with this team, but it just it feels so so fun, so exciting. You never know what's going to happen. Um, you know it's going to be hard in San Fran against probably one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I I mean I wouldn't want it either, any other way to be honest with you. I think this is yep. great for this team. This this mm-hmm. this this stage, the way that San Francisco has bullied us the past however many years it's been. You know, it feels like every year we get eliminated from the playoffs. It's just – it's going to be San Fran. It doesn't matter what it is, where it is. It's just going to be that team, and they're going to do it to us. And, you know, I feel like it's been a long time coming. There's no better way or no better start to a career for Jordan than to do the thing that Aaron could never really do, and that's beat yeah. San Francisco. So, I'm going to st- I'm, I'm going to stay by my, my decisions the past couple of weeks because I don't want to be the reason we lose. But that, I'm going to leave it as that. So, <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> And Mary. Mary. <laughs> oh, um, oh, no. So, Love has plenty of help at running backs, like we said before, and receivers. I hope Christian Watson has a good game. Um, Jaden Reed only had one catch against the Cowboys, so I hope that um, gets better. And a great offensive line. Um, pass rushers should do a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> against oh shoot um also with Enigbari possibly being out with his ACL Matt LaFleur said today that there's not an update yet on Kingsley it's the next man up kind of deal um oh the pot the mac and cheese podcast is also undefeated besides two games whenever I hope that Straight continues. All right. So it looks like we got, um, you know, basically in a way, you know, Packers going for Packers, Niners going for the Niners. Uh, but I do want to thank Mark for being being here with us. I uh, want to let you, before you go, sh- share where people can find you, your shows and other things. Um, and thank you for your time as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You can find me on Twitter at 49ers Camelot. And uh, I, I'm still not calling it X. Um, you can find me on YouTube at 49ers Camelot. And uh, you go to 49ers Web Zone. Uh, you'll probably see one of the articles that I that I've written, uh, write a handful every week. So, um, yeah, you can go check that out. But I appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a good game. And uh, whatever happens, uh, I, I think I think I, I like both of these teams and. I, I think the 49ers have to win this one because I think the the, the Packers are, are young, talented, and up and coming. So I think that uh, I think that they're definitely going to be a handful in the years to come. So I think the 49ers have to get this now uh, so that we don't have to deal with y'all. I, I mean, y'all talk about Aaron Rodgers couldn't beat the 49ers. We dealt with Brett Favre back in the 90s. So. Um, so all of the stuff that you've had to deal with, um, you, you deserve it yeah, because <laughs> we couldn't get past Brett Favre. So, um, it just, you know, it's just a cycle that happens. Yes. Yeah. The Packers and Niners have been like throughout my life. There's been, been back and forth. It, it, it hurts my heart how it's been the last, you know, last oh, yeah. little bit, but, uh, the Niners are definitely a respectful franchise and 
uh, they've been getting on my nerves. So I want to get past <laughs> this one. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, thanks, guys. Have a good, uh, have a good night and uh, enjoy good the game. Indeed. Yeah, nice you. Yeah, it's really going to be a, an interesting battle oh, in that way in regards yeah. to uh, facing off against uh, the 49ers. Um, you know, <laughs> and for me, in regards to prediction, uh, I'm going to go with the Packers, of course. Um, and in regards to score, I actually have it close. I know everybody else was talking about regards to scoring. It's going to be, uh, um, you know, um, gunslinging show and, and back and forth and on all that um, with defenses not being there, I guess, if that's the case. But um, I'm going to go 17-13 Packers. I think uh, Green Bay is going to uh, shut down San Francisco, basically. And no, we are not going to knock out Purdy. Um, but we are going to win. We're going to knock him down um, and be able to, to get the win, uh, contain Christian McCaffrey, maybe even a fumble and an interception, but not a pick six. Um, but either way, I do have us winning. So 17-13, so I have a low-scoring game. Maybe I'm wrong, and it is a 46-40 win for the Packers. But either way, I, I do see us being able to get the win. You know, Jordan, keep on doing things that Aaron wasn't able to. Um, and it's interesting for me seeing – Seen Jordan Love taking over this team, and I think that being what's best for business for Green Bay. I think they needed to um, inject inject the youth in, in Green Bay in a way, uh, with Jordan being uh, the leader of the men. Um, and because with last year with Aaron Rodgers kind of um, distancing himself from the young players, um, being being an issue, you know. So um, that being different and and just. Um, you know, the energy, you know, in regards to psychological um, and the environment, let alone the play on the field um, that it, we have seen in the past few weeks um, that have been building up from the beginning of the season to now. Um, and, and I'm loving it. So, but yeah, like I said, 17-13, Green Bay gets a win. Uh, let's move backwards a bit. Talk about the game that was uh, the beatdown in Dallas uh, for Green Bay, getting the win, um, getting the win there. Um you know, it was surprising to me in regards to us, you know, being up what we were uh, 27-7 at halftime, right? So that was that was fun, but it was also very surprising for a game that, you know, I thought was going to be closer from the start to the end. You know, I was happy we were, we were uh, getting having a lead, right? But to grow it as far as we did, uh, Matt, what were, you, what were your thoughts in regards to as you were watching the game? Because I know you're doing live stream yourself, but, you know, just to share here. You know, as the game was going, as it was progressing, and that lead kept building and building and building, that, you know, did you expect that? Did you believe it? Did you, you know, what were your thoughts in regards to as we got into the second quarter, as we got into, you know, at the halftime, you know, how the Packers were doing at that point? Um, I don't think anyone expected that, like that, that lead to like, kind of go. My prediction was 34-31, the same one I have for this week because I'm lazy. But I, 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 I thought it would be close. I thought that – Cowboys were kind of play. I feel like the uh, what irritated me about that game is that people didn't give the Packers credit. They were yeah. saying, "Well, the, why did the Cowboys lose? The Cowboys, you know, they folded." This the, the Cowboys didn't like choke. They got beat by a better team. The Packers were more prepared. Matt Lafleur, like someone mentioned it, his game plan was just ridiculously good. Uh, the, the players came to play. Even like Romeo Dobbs, like I, I don't think I've ever gave Romeo Dobbs enough credit. Not that I thought he sucked, whatever, but like he he came to play. Uh, the offenses like Jordan Love is just playing lights out, and they just beat him up because they're better. That that that's how exactly how I feel. Packers are just they're a better team. Cowboys had a better season up until last week, 
But um, I, I I was stoked. I was out of my mind. Like if anyone who watched my live stream, I was just screaming. I I, I was loving every minute of it. Um, but uh, I I was I wasn't expecting. I'm not gonna act like right. oh yeah. I just thought we were just gonna blow them up. Like uh, I don't think anyone expected that. Right. But um, I I felt like this was a statement game for the Packers. Like oh, yeah. uh, look at Aaron Rodgers back in 2010 when he beat the Falcons. And it was kind of the same thing. It was like a, it was a statement game. I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen. Hopefully it does. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like this is a statement game. This game, this team was like, everyone's doubting us. It was a seven and a half point underdogs. And they were like, no, we're not trash. We're not like some scrub who's just happy to be here. We're going to go ahead and win the thing. And they, they did oh, that. Yeah. And I, I fully expect them to do the same thing next week. Right, right. And before, again, like I did last time, before we go ahead into uh, more conversation, let's welcome our Dallas Cowboy representative. Uh, to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys and his thoughts on the game, uh, Landon on the Lando show. What's up, guys? Uh, how's it going? Can you guys hear me? Mic check, yep. mic check. Yeah, yes, cool, cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I would say, or I would ask you guys how you're doing, but I know you're clearly <laughs> doing better than I am right now. So, uh, I think we can probably skip the pleasantries on that part, but uh, hey, thanks again to to Steve for reaching out and happy to be here, man. I'm a man of my word. I know I was I was thinking about it earlier today. I was wondering if you guys were anticipating <laughs> or expecting me to try to bow out of this thing and not you know show up and hold up my end of the bargain. Um, but you know, of course, I, I'm I'm here just to to chop it up with you guys, man. And and also, first of all, too, before we continue this discussion, congratulations because I know how much like a game like that would have meant to me, how much it does mean to me. You guys can see the room behind me, right? It's more than, uh, it's more than fandom, right? It's, 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 it's a way of life down here in Texas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and I, I know the that. same is true. Yeah. up there. In Green Bay. I've never, I've never had the, the, the good fortune of taking in a football game there, but I know enough about the, the history and tradition of not only your organization, but you know, the national football league that, that, that has ran through there uh, many a time. So um, congrats to you guys, man. Enjoy the hell out of it. And I'll, I'll definitely be jealous and also rooting for you guys <laughs> uh, at the mm -hmm. same time to go, go out West to the, to the other Bay area and uh, take care of our boogeyman for us. Ours too. <laughs> for being honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, we got, something. we got a common ground there, brother. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I, I know. I mean, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, Landon, but, did it help at least that the Eagles also got beat down too? Uh, I would say – so if I'm being completely candid, it really didn't. You know, obviously – see, okay, so let me let me rephrase. I guess that was the, the predetermined result I already had in my head. So that to me wasn't a surprise necessarily uh, as much as the, you know, the thorough – basically rear end kicking that you guys gave us on Sunday. So, um, yeah, man, much more of a surprise on Monday night. But, uh, yeah, I guess if, if there's any silver lining or consolation prize, then sure. I guess it maybe maybe helped just a little bit to kind of point the finger at those guys and say, hey, bud, got a warm spot on the couch here next, next – Yeah. Week. Been waiting on you. So, you know, yeah. And one of my best friends actually is a diehard Eagles fan. Um, I, I call him, I call him the me of the Eagles amongst our friends, friend group. And, uh, he and I believe it or not, like most people would probably think that, you know, you got two friends like that with that, that support those two particular organizations to the extent that we do, you would expect that, uh, you know, there's a lot of, 
let's just say choice words for each other when, when certain things are going on, but it's really not like that at all. Like I said, you know, to you guys and, and the, the, the congratulatory remarks at the beginning of this, when you guys introduced me here, it's just, and I seriously, I know how much it means to people. It's, it's, it's a way of life. So, uh, we, we, we respect each other in that regard when things are going well and when things aren't going so well, because once again, you know, it kind of, the, these types of losses, man, the, especially the unexpected ones, right? When everybody's got you as the odds-on favorite to win that game, you know, it permeates th- throughout the rest of your life. And for me, I got two, two, uh, two baby girls under the age of two. So, I, I, you know, they still need me. They don't care how well the Cowboys play, right? They need their dad. So, um, yeah, so that's the, that's the approach I have, man. <laughs> so regardless of how the game was going on, started and everything, Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what do you think the issues were even at that point as the game is growing and let alone the pick six, but even just even before that, you know, what happened to Dallas? Like, well, why was why did the game start that way in the sense, in the sense of that Dallas just didn't seem like they showed up? Fantastic question, and I'm glad that you asked. Um, if, if you guys are really interested in the more a more thorough breakdown, I don't know what what you know how time sensitive the occasion is here, um, but I did thoroughly uh, kind of. I guess unpack what the question that you just asked and it's on, it's on my YouTube channel at the Lando show, right? That's the same name that you see on the screen here. If you guys are curious, but um, I can pretty much sum it up to you in three bullet points. Let me go ahead and write this down kind of as we go. The first one is something that Cowboys fans tracked all year long, especially me and my partner on PSF uh, Knicks was um, their inability to, I guess, punish teams that elect to play the too high shell. And uh, light, light boxes, right, just to put it in, in more layman's terms, right, uh, the Cowboys struggled with their run game to get that. Like, that, was, that wasn't the threat uh, from, from within our offense. And so we couldn't punish teams when teams that could communicate and were experienced on the back end, right, um, and, and, and sort of just played together as a cohesive unit in zone coverage with a two-high shell. We couldn't exploit you and 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 make you pay for making that decision, right? That's kind of like one of the fundamental elements of football, right? It's like basic, and it's and it's and it and you know I'm guilty of uh, oversimplification here, but you know just kind of painting a broad you know broad stroke picture um, for the listener or the viewer. It's it's if if you see a too high shell, right? You should be able to run into that almost every single time. Just the way that modern football is constructed, right? That's just kind of the way that it goes. Um, so that was one of the issues the Cowboys weren't able to overcome, and it didn't manifest into the playoffs the way some fans thought that it would just kind of magically turn around. And, and, I'll, be, and I'll be candid too, man. I, that was the focal point of my preview heading into this game. And, uh, yeah, I was going to get to the breaking news in a second, and I appreciate Nani for hopping in and letting us know about that. Yeah, so um, not really that much of a surprise for – those of us that are really in the know. But um, real quick, the other two bullet points were we couldn't stop the run, right? And that was the, actually the second bullet point in my, in my preview, which uh, every, before every game, I like to just kind of give a synopsis of what to expect as far as keys and matchups and tendencies for each team, right? And the, the, the second bullet point on my list after um, the Cowboys, you know, being able to, to get things going in the running game was to actually to be able to stop yours. And the reason I said that was because the amount of respect that I have watching Aaron Jones being, a you know, the, his history of in, in Texas, right. Um, been a guy that I've supported from afar first introduced to him through fantasy football, but I understand that vision is his superpower. Right. And I also knew that with that and the misdirection and the condensed formations that green Bay, the Shanahan tree, <laughs> 
uh, really, and particularly Matt Lafleur as well. In this, in this, in this instance here, would give this team problems. And the reasons for that are because the Cowboys are absolutely decimated uh, and poorly constructed and thin as far as depth goes in the middle of their defense. For, you know, the defensive tackle spots and then the second level directly behind that. And that's a that's a that's a huge discussion that that you know we may be here for an hour just me explaining uh, the tug of war that Cowboys fans amongst themselves were having in regards to the Micah Parsons debate. Uh, you know whether he should be fully entrenched full time at the edge position as opposed to kind of mixing up and and spelling the off ball spot for a team that was decimated at the position. You know we got Leighton Vander Esch went down halfway through the season. Uh, he's not a world beater by any means, but in terms of true linebacker bodies, he was one of the few, if not only good ones on the roster at the time. Uh, we drafted third round draft pick DeMarvin Overshone, who is a converted safety. He was playing linebacker. I'm also a Texas fan as well. So I, I, I know all too well what he's capable of and what he does. But even he would probably admit he's more on the slider side, right? That was our third round draft pick that we expected to come in and be a depth piece and kind of learn the ropes from guys like Layton. Uh, Van Der Esch, but he tore his ACL, unfortunately, before the season even began. It was in a preseason game. So um, there goes two of, of your of your, you know, your key spots. So really what what ended up with uh, the Cowboys ended up with the hand they were dealt was that they were having a converted safety. Once again, Marquis Bell, number 14, you probably saw him on Sunday um, and you probably charted a couple missed tackles and really poor angles. And once, you know, again, it's not a knock on him at all. Um, just the hand that he was dealt. And he actually performed admirably, all things considered, considering he was an undrafted free agent safety, right, that made the transition out of necessity to the linebacker spot. And what the Cowboys ultimately were left with in this matchup, we're going to just focus on, you know, the postmortem playoff situation that happened, right, the autopsy of the Green Bay game. Um, the Cowboys had a 205-pound safety playing linebacker against you guys, which I was very fearful of um, because of the vision and the discipline required. Um, in terms of gap integrity, right? That's very important <laughs> to stop in the run, uh, regardless of what your personnel is. If you don't know what your assignment is, then you can't you can't execute and you you can't you can't stop it. Um, so that turned out to be a problem. And then the other guy, Damone Clark, who once again, you know, mad, mad respect to him for for the effort and the the growth, even even while maybe as a little bit more limited than we would have liked and uh, at a slower pace than we also would have preferred. Uh, this is a guy that had spinal fusion surgery back in 2022 when, when, he, dra when he was drafted. Um, the Cowboys got him at a discount. It's their, they're pretty notorious for doing that. Jerry Jones isn't scared to draft a hurt guy if it means that he can get a bargain deal. Um, and I say Jerry Jones, that's, that's, uh, that's a blanket term for Cowboys fans, but it's really Stephen Jones and Will McClay that are running the show. Anybody who's paying close enough attention knows that. Um, so the Joneses and or Will McClay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that, made that decision. But Damone Clark, he was a great player, probably a day two pick before his injury. He, you know, he failed a physical, had a spinal issue, and then as a result had to have surgery. Um, the Cowboys weren't phased. Their team doctor reviewed him and okayed him and gave Will McClay, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, the green light. And, you know, a couple rounds later than he would have liked to have been himself. Uh, Damone Clark is the, uh, the newest fifth round pick for the Dallas Cowboys. So, Fast forward eight years off, or sorry, eight months, fresh off of spinal fusion surgery. Um, he's one of your starting linebackers to begin the 2023 season, or halfway through the 2023 season. Um, this past, so the 22 season, I'm sorry, uh, two years ago, alongside Layton. And then, so really, what 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 it came down to? So you've got undrafted free agent safety Marquise Bell playing linebacker, and then you've got 
Damone Clark, who was still essentially a rookie because he only played eight games. Uh, he was only healthy and active for eight games um, on his rookie season. So halfway through year two for him, he was no longer a rookie. If you just want to go by reps and like game reps and experience. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the third thing is the Cowboys. And, and this is actually the most important for me um, because if bullet point number three that I'm about to lay out for you guys occurs, um, then it, significantly reduces the need for the previous two bullet points. Um, and, and that one is the, simply put the Cowboys broke tendency offensively. They went away from what, um, from what works, which is once again, if I, if I'm trying to be concise and, and simple here, it's, it's, it's motion. This, this offense, um, like most good modern offenses, particularly, um, you know, once again, the Shanahan tree, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay, the, the, the likes of, of those, right? And now most, no, most, most recently, and I guess the newest version of that would be the Bobby Slowick team down in Houston. Um, so, yeah, we broke tendency. We stuck to basically the shotgun run game with Tony Pollard next to Dak in the gun, and it was just simply like an inside zone uh, scheme. That was like their default run play when they just needed to try to get a couple yards. And um, they lacked explos uh, explosivity there in that department. And, you know, um, that's not really Tony's skill set either. Once again, all this stuff is detailed and uh, in, in a more creative way on my, on my YouTube channel, you guys can find that, uh, that breakdown, but yeah. So those three bullet points, man, the Cowboys broke tendency though, being essentially the, uh, the, the, the biggest, the biggest and most crucial critical straw that broke the camel's back. So. Yeah. So, it's really unfortunate in regards to, to that because I know for me, because heading into this game and, and, and previewing it was last week, I think it was going to be a close game. You know, picking the Packers, yes, but, you know, worried that we would need to start off fast and be able to to hold on for dear life to a lead, you know, and, and mm -hmm. to Dallas coming back, you know. And it was just surprising even for me as others too that uh, the game went the way it was. And as great as it was, it also was surprising. It certainly has been interesting seeing reactions to people of the game. Um, especially on YouTube, um, you know, I've seen some cowboy, some cowboys content creators on YouTube and their uh, strong opinions on uh, on the game and whatnot, what they need to do and what should be done and and how things should be, um, you know, changing in Dallas. Which, you know, as you talked about the breaking news that things are going to stay the same, at least on head coach side of things, you know. But yep. you know, from seeing from the other content creators that talk about the Dallas Cowboys, you know, their biggest thing. You know, on a, on a level, is that it just didn't seem like the effort was there. That yeah, um, yes, that, yeah. That's that, also a massive thing that uh, I kind of highlighted too, and I and I and I basically boldly stated that everything has to be evaluated under a microscope, and it really starts and ends with um, the scouts and the ownership, as, as well as the coaches, prioritizing and overly emphasizing physicality, toughness, and discipline. Too often the Cowboys beat themselves, um, and the discipline component is why a lot of people were advocating for Bill Belichick to be brought in. But uh, <laughs> the reason why the reason why Mike McCarthy makes a lot of sense, um, you guys still got me okay volume wise, mm -hmm. audio okay. Um, the reason why a lot of people, David Moore included, you know he 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 writes for the Dallas Morning News, and of course Jerry Jones, being the good old boy that he is, he he reads the newspaper, right? So. If he's trying to float some information, you guys know as well as I do um, that teams have a funny way of using their 
you know, quote unquote sources to kind of spin their own narrative. Right. Um, and, and so when anytime you see David Moore tweet something from the Dallas Morning News, it's it's a it's a pretty good idea to start paying attention. And he he, he you know, he kind of hammered home the point that some other Cowboys creators like, you know, myself had, had kind of been um, thinking about and predicting is that, you know, with the contract situation with Dak Prescott, it probably makes the most sense. Uh, and amongst many, a couple other core players to, to run this thing back one more time. And so, cause you can't, you can't walk away from Dak Prescott. And I don't advocate for that either, by the way, I'm just saying like kind of the whole the talking point. Um, if you want to try to cut him or trade him, that's, that's fine. But if you end up, you know, people that wanted to cut him post June one, you're, you're still eating $30 million this year. Uh, so he's most likely going to end up uh, with a restructured and, or I'm sorry, an extended contract. And that's going to piss a lot of people off. But it's just uh, the way that this business goes. Yeah, I want to take it to AJ because I know you guys are getting his thoughts in regards to this this Packer <clears throat> game. Uh, whatever you wish to share in regards to like how you were feeling, in regards to how the game went, and let alone the let alone the outcome. Well, I would say going just the way that this Green Bay team ended the regular season. I would say going into the week, I was I felt good. I felt confident that they'd be able to go out there and and compete and, you know, possibly beat the Cowboys. I didn't take the Cowboys as no rollover. I mean, the, what they did the whole season was, was great. They looked good. And there was parts of that team that definitely worried me for us. But um, honestly, once the game started get going and by halftime, I, I would say I was, I was speechless. Honestly, I was, I was so excited. It got to once Wicks had that touchdown, it was 21. I, I just like, I sat back and I was like, I felt like I was out of breath. I was just jumping up and down constantly in shock. And then, you know, Darnell gets that pick six. And I, I, I like waited, I fell to my knees. I didn't know what, what I was watching, what Green Bay team this was. I was, I was so shocked. Um, but yeah, man, it, that was one of I'll tell my, you, if you don't mind me interjecting real quick, I'll tell you go what ahead. you're watching. You're watching a young and more well-coached and more <laughs> confident team out execute a team that tried to sleepwalk through you. That's what you watch. Yeah. That's what you watched. And at the first sign of adversity, my team folded. That's what you watched. It's true. I I do look agree. And look no further than CeeDee Lamb and, and his body language and yeah, uh, yeah. antics, if you want to call it that. Um, Mike McCarthy was Dak a, a pep talk in the first quarter. Yeah. We got we, we him we, and we, Dak weren't on the same page at all. We gotta be tougher than that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like I said earlier, I think that was one of Matt's best 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 games as a coach for Green Bay. Honestly, I, I might put it as his best coach game since he's been in Green Bay. What he schemed up and his game plan was going into that week and the way they Masterful. attacked that defense was was incredible. Masterful. And I hope just for the same thing this week, you know, but staying on this week, it was I just give props to Matt, to be honest. I mean, the guys they, the guys play with confidence and they balled out, but what Matt was able to do and have those guys ready. I mean, you can hear it in his press conferences before games, after games. I mean, he has got a chip on his shoulder and I think it rubs off so much down the whole roster, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, even the coaching staff, I mean, you saw rich after the game, walk out of the tunnel and how about them Cowboys? I mean, this, this team is fiery. They got, they got a chip on their shoulder and, Mm-hmm. This I feel like this is just like a whole nother version. Like we haven't seen this in a couple of years from this team, the staff. It's fun. <laughs> this 
this past week was was fun. I hope for a little more of that this week. So we'll see. The best part about it, I'd say for y'all, if I was a Cowboys fan, and I'll and I'll and I'll stop talking, is you guys are. are I mean, you're really playing with house money right now. All the rookie yeah. contracts that you have. I mean, dude, we're we're seeing this right now. The valuable experience that the youthful exuberance <laughs> is earning. What is this Green Bay team going to look like next year? Two years from now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is, oh, yeah. dude. This is yeah. Dude, yeah you just, can, yeah. He has a fan of football. This is yeah. freaking sick. It's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Just say, I just say here, we will continue this conversation because there's something I actually want to bring up from Landon's Twitter that I wanted to bring up. Um, that we'll bring up here in a, as a discussion point next. But I did want to uh, let Matt go. He's another podcast to be part of. Um, but I did want to give him uh, his shine in his moment to promote stuff. Uh, sure. Anything else? Last words uh, you wish to say? And uh, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for being here. And go ahead. You have the floor. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you, you you can yeah. find me on YouTube. Uh, the Matt Ramage Show. I got. Um, but it, if you go to the, the you can find all my social links. You can find all the all the the podcasts and all that. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't have anything like crazy to say. But I I appreciate you guys having me on here. I do a podcast like basically like kind of here and there like. At, two or three times a week uh i do live shows on my facebook and youtube uh and on twitter and like twitch and it's, it's all over the place but uh i have some good people on here but um yeah that this game was like uh not what i expected um as, as as far as the cowboys game but uh it was fun to watch you know what i mean and 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 i do have love for mike mccarthy i, I will say that because you know we got a cowboy fan over here um Mike McCarthy, like, like for me, because like I love the Packers so much, like, like, the, like the history of the Packers, and Mike McCarthy always respected that. So I will always have love for Mike McCarthy, but like, in big games, sometimes he just kind of flakes out. He kind of like, uh, game management sometimes just not there. That was like my hope going into this game is like maybe he maybe he can make a mistake, but uh, I'm glad that it went how it did. But uh, I will never trash my Mike McCarthy. I will never like get happy about him because he was so good in green bay and not just like at, at the end of like as a coach but just like respecting the history respecting yeah. like the mm-hmm. team and like just enjoying working here and just like uh so i i, I yeah. will never get happy about mike mccarthy losing and you know i i think he's a good dude but um when he left it was time for him to leave i never thought bill belichick was going to dallas because yeah. i don't think bill no. belichick would work for jerry jones no exactly no, really. yeah no. So i don't, I don't <laughs> 100%. He wants to like you know own the. He wants to do everything. He, and which he, he's yeah, doing, he's wearing three hats really in New England. You know he's yeah. yeah he's <laughs> he, the general he, manager. He's, he's the owner and he's the coach. Yeah. Yeah. He he's earned that. He's not going to go to Jerry World and uh, nope. And and uh, Jerry Jones needs a certain type of coach who's going to listen. And uh, I guess man. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> like like for real. And that's kind of what McCarthy. I think McCarthy is a good coach, but like I think he's missing just like something. So yep, you, like, you want me to tell you real quick why Cowboys fans and why I actually got excited and we thought that there was going to be – it was going to be different is because Jerry Jones actually handed Mike McCarthy the keys and allowed him to fire his golden boy, Kellen Moore, which Gel, Cole, uh, if you know anything about the Cowboys organization, you knew that he was grooming Kellen to, you know, essentially along, right along the same trajectory as, as Jason Garrett, right? It was the exact same yeah. thing. Hand-selected yeah. golden boy that's just, you know, in-house brought – you know, just elevated himself. Uh, up the trajectory and up the echelon and so uh that's when we kind of had a you know we had a feeling that okay maybe this is going to be different mike mccarthy's going to have the have a shot as the head coach as every head coach should to go out and hire his own staff right his own 
people, his, 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 you know, his, uh, his brain trust, right. Of, of right. men who, you know, see the same way he does right. as far as just f- football philosophy goes. Um, but yeah, it turned out to like you, your point, and I, I promise you, every Cowboys fan that hears this probably sat in their seat and nodded their head with you, in, in accord like this, uh, when you said that sometimes he inexplicably has a has a tendency to dissipate, in some games, and and that's been the biggest frustration for me is because the Cowboys and I've charted every single game, I've watched every single game probably five times, um, if you include the four rewatches on the All Twenty Two, and you know we've broken this stuff down, man, thoroughly. You know, picking picking it apart with a fine tooth comb, and uh, the offense that we rolled out there on Sunday is not the offense that we saw thrive and help kind of cultivate an MVP caliber quarterback that Prescott this year. It was just different, and I can't explain why. Yeah, but uh, with that being said, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, Lando, the the Lando show. I I think that you do uh, great work. I'm sure Cowboys fans love it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I, I was looking for you on Twitter too. It, what's uh-huh. what's what's? I'll hit you with a follow real quick before you go. Is, uh, is it? Is it just it Matt Ramage on your wall? Yeah, it it, it just yeah. It, no, it it just Ooh. Matt Ramage. Okay. Obviously, right. with all the space or whatever. I'll, I'll definitely follow you back. But uh, just, uh, yeah, it's not pop, popping up for some reason. Hit me with a follow, and I got you back, my man. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely get you. I I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I, I have another show. I have to get to real quick, but uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, go pack, go. Hopefully, we can win it oh, next yeah. week. You know, you know. Sorry. Keep this thing rolling. Cowboys fans, you know what I mean? <laughs> Knock out the Niners once yep. and for all because yep. they've been a pain. Okay. Yes, sir. Killing. Take care. Good luck to you, man. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the yeah, game on Sunday. Yeah. You guys, you guys earned it. All right, you guys have a good one. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great to have, have Matt on, um, and uh, I and I thank Mary for that. I'll uh, be able to, to connect me with him and, and uh, have him on the show this week. We might uh, <laughs> have him on for the Super Bowl preview too. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that though when we get to that. The next thing I want to talk about, like I said, we're going to go to that Twitter handle. It is at the Lando show. Yeah. Uh, and a recent tweet that I just retweeted, um, I want Landon, you know, I'm sure he did in his YouTube video uh, extensively, but here as much as he wants to, because uh, I can be here all night. I don't care. Um, but anyways, uh, but here I don't, I don't all night, but I, no, I know, but you know what I mean, but you know what I mean, <laughs> uh, but anyways, here, here is what it says, uh, verbatim. The organization failed Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy failed Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott failed himself. Dan Quinn likely falls on the sword. All of the above can be true, but none of the above has to define anyone. It seems as if everyone is looking for one scapegoat. So I did the best I could to sum up. The situation without being guilty of oversimplification. It's uh, multifactored, folks, and there is more than one guilty party. Hashtag Cowboys. In Orlando, I know it seems simple as, as it is, you know, word for word verbatim, as you read on Twitter, AKX. Mm-hmm. But in regards to, you know, to share here, um, what does all that mean? What does what does all that mean in the sense of the Cowboys? What does all that mean in the sense of the future for Dallas? And what was the game against Green Bay and what we were saying in regards to it's more than one. It's not just a scapegoat yeah. uh, the reason of the Dallas loss. So let me actually pull that tweet up real quick, too, so I make sure I kind of explain exactly what I mean. Um, give me one second here. Mm-hmm. I'll have it pulled up for you. Okay. So – I was I was trying to sum up what seemed in my eyes to be 
the consensus um, amongst Cowboys Nation, Cowboys media, Cowboys fans, even Cowboys players. Um, a lot of times they'll give they'll give clues as to how they're feeling <laughs> if you if you pay close enough attention, um, and as well as the coaching staff. You know, kind of reading between some of the tea leaves, some of the words that you know the, the coach speak is, is always going to permeate, uh, and it's kind of annoying to try to sift through and and take anything you know anything uh, as fact away from any of their words. They're real. They're usually it's a chess match, right? You guys know that. I mean, it's there. The media wants to ask questions, but, and, and the staff may want to answer them directly, but they don't want to, uh, you know, also at the same time, give information away that may benefit another team who's an upcoming opponent, you know, something along those lines. Right. So, but anyway, the long story short is I tried to, I tried to be concise and I'm, 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 I'm always doing the best I can to, I guess, speak on behalf of the Cowboys and represent them well. And mostly for the fan base, because I found myself, I got to a point to where I was, I knew enough to, to have certain opinions on things. Um, And then once I got to that point, I realized that I may know a lot relative to most, but I know a little relative to some. Right. And so there's always, there's always like another step of of the ladder that you can climb and so i just started studying right i started paying attention to the professionals in this industry and 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 even beyond who have done this a lot longer than i have who've you know forgotten more football than i'll ever know and you know i've just i've, I've kind of figured some some things out and i've paid close enough attention to understand what really really matters uh, as far as winning is concerned in, in the national football league and i know that it is the ultimate team sport Right. And that's ultimately the, the, the premise of the, of the tweet here that we're going to read. But as far as the organization failing Dan Quinn, that's not just keep in mind, anyone listening, this is not my direct take. Okay. There's missing context here. All right. But I was doing the best I could to sum it all up for everybody to digest as easily as possible. Okay. The organization failed Dan Quinn. And that sentiment stems from, like I talked about earlier, the Cowboys being thin as far as depth is concerned. And, uh, really just lacking adequate personnel at the linebacker spot and at the defensive tackle spot. Okay. So I say the organization failed Dan Quinn because there wasn't even a, an appreciation for the defensive tackle spot bef- until Dan Quinn showed up here. We ended up having to trade for Jonathan Hankins in the 2022 season because we just didn't have a one technique body that can just plug a gap and eat up two blocks that, al- that would allow our linebackers to flow freely. Okay. We didn't have that. So we had to trade trade for one. All right. And then the following year, Dan Quinn realized and convinced the Cowboys to also realize how much of an impact a, a true one technique guy like that can have on your defense uh, that they went and drafted one in the first round for the first time in over 21 years. Um, so it was almost like Dan Quinn kind of relit, relit the fire in the organization like, oh, OK, like it's not just about edge play and cornerback play and then quarterback play like. This is it requires everyone. It takes 22, right? Um, so they drafted Mozzie Smith and the development, he wasn't there. Like from a technique standpoint, from a leverage standpoint, like those are the two things that he's got that, that he's going to work on and that he will ultimately improve on, right? We've already seen marginal incremental improvements throughout the season. Okay. Um, but what Mozzie was, was asked to do at Michigan was get in a four point stance and don't move. 
like just be the strongest guy on the field, which he was, um, and mm-hmm. still often is, even in the NFL. Um, and you know, don't move. But the problem is, it's a, it's a grown man's game now on Sundays, mm-hmm. right? And you can't just try to win with grown manning people. There's technique involved, right? There's leverage involved. There is tiny little intricacies that matter a lot. Okay. Um, and so he is working his way up, but ultimately he wasn't ready. And that, that lack of depth there plagued us. And ultimately, once again, like I said, it, it was an issue um, stopping the run, but the linebacker position from guys that just haven't done it long enough and are either, either haven't done it long enough, like Damone Clark or our safeties to begin with, like Marquis Spell, there's just, there's a fundamental understanding of gap integrity and just, you know, trusting what your eyes tell you and being able to flow um, with timing and precision to the right spot. And we like that. And that's ultimately what I mean, Aaron Jones, the vision, man, like I said, the cutbacks were going to be there. Or I hope that they weren't, but that was going to be a, a huge critical factor in that game. And it was. His vision is his superpower. And it, and it, it's incredible to watch him play football. Um, the second point, Mike McCarthy failed Dak Prescott. That's that was the third bullet point that I summed up earlier. Um, just and and this is once again, Dak Prescott has some responsibility here too, as far as the scheme goes. But the Cowboys broke tendency; they went away from the things that work for them, which is motioning at a f- high frequency, um, utilizing bunch formations um, and even condensed formations with Dak under center, as opposed to just in this in the shotgun. And if you Packers fans might be sitting there thinking, oh. That's interesting. That sounds a lot like what we did and what we do. Hmm. Imagine that. You know why? Because it works. Okay. Um, the Shanahan tree is also uh, Dan Quinn's kryptonite, by the way, uh, for anyone who wasn't aware of that. But and then the last one is uh, Dak Prescott failed himself. And I really just tried to – that was me summing up probably 60% of the fan base that is – pointing the finger just straight at him and kind of singling him out. He's the scapegoat for them because he's the lowest hanging fruit. He's the guy that makes the most money. Um, so yeah. they're just pissed off about that. Um, but yeah, you know, and then Dan Quinn falling on the sword. I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. And, and so, so far this is, this is holding true because Mike McCarthy's back, which means Dak Prescott's back, which also means that Dak's probably going to get extended. And that also means that, somebody still has to be responsible for what happened on Sunday. Like at the end of the day, Jerry Jones is still selling something, right? Like he's got to sell to the fan base that, Hey, we're going for this thing. Right. Um, and so, uh, like I said, all of the above that can be true. And in some ways it is, but like I said, there's missing context, which I hope I applied some there just now. Um, but none of that stuff has to define you. So that piece was essentially just to kind of speak some life into the Cowboys nation that, Hey, you know, this thing, as bad as it was on Sunday, it can turn around just as quickly as it went the other direction, right? Um, so that doesn't like players adapt, right? The coaches adapt the same way that players do, and that's I think that's true for any any human being in any aspect of life, right? Adapt you you fail forward, right? That was the mantra that professional baseball taught me. My time playing and my playing days, and just you know throughout college and the pros, like I ultimately realized not early enough, but it was me versus me. Right. I was in control of my own destiny based on how, how hard I was willing to work was how far I was going to be able to go. Uh, ultimately, injuries just kind of got in the way, but that's a different, different story. But so the moral of the story is it's the ultimate team sport. There's never just one guilty party. And just because things that have happened in the past, things have happened in the past one way doesn't mean that they can't turn around for the better in the future. <laughs>
Jeez. Uh, AJ and Mary, either of you, um, you know, we have do it. We're talking about the Cowboy game and what awesomeness that was, right? Be able to, to big, get a big lead and be able to you know, hold on. And even though in the garbage time, Dallas making it look better than it was. Oh. Um, you know, in that way, in regards to score-wise, where the Eagles couldn't. Um, and the Eagles, you know, final score actually looked like a blowout where Dallas looked like it was a close game and Green Bay just pulled away. Um, but was uglier, for sure. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just going to throw it to AJ and Mayor if they have if – they have any or whatever in regards to questions while we have a Cowboy fan here um, in regards to the Cowboys, if there is any. So I'll, the floor is either of yours. Do you have any questions for, uh, for the Cowboy rep? Um, our, so I guess, so Dak obviously is always going to be the scapegoat for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, as a Cowboys fan, are you like, are you still behind Dak or would you like to see them, you know, I, I guess it's kind of hard with, the con like his contract and yeah it's a fair question where they would be you're, you're not like are you all. behind Dak still and like moving forward or maybe like giving him one more year and then if things end poorly maybe like it did at the end of this year because I mean Dak hats off to Dak he I thought he shut up a lot of people in the regular season you know he he bought out MVP caliber and then for him to play the way that he did in that playoff game yep. was you know kind of look back to like last year's Dak a little bit but like yep. to my point like are you still with Dak moving forward or what time frame are you giving him until this should be over? So um, that's a great question, man. And I actually am to, to, to be forthcoming with it. I am behind him mm-hmm. still. And I'm one of the probably handful of most outspoken in his behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually just had to break this down recently on a short form video that I, you know, a project that I posted on a few Maybe it's, it might have been two weeks ago now. I don't I don't recall exactly. But, you know, I was essentially trying to. I was explaining like so I, apparently I did without even knowing just based on the content that I put out, people had formed this opinion for people who are kind of watching from afar. They're not necessarily immersed in all the intricacies and, and, you know, kind of deep diving into things the way that I do. So I could very easily understand the misconception and it's why I took no offense, but you know, they, they, they took me as a, Oh, you just love that guy. Uh, And I, and I, and I use air quotes because that was actually the direct quote um, that I was, that I was, that I had sent my way. And it's not offensive at all because I, I, I have been outspoken in favor of him. But it's more so because uh, I know that I've always said this. He's plenty good enough, right? And when you have mm-hmm. a top five, seven, eight quarterback in this league, right? You stick to it because oh, yeah. the, you you never know, man. Like you, where it's going, it is the number one most important position in all of sports. But the problem is, the most important trait required to play that position is the, the very one that we can't measure accurately because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's the intangible right in between the ears, right? Yeah. And that is what I've always bet on with Dak because of the, the adversity that he's had to overcome through the death of his mother, the death of his brother, uh, and a, a season-ending leg injury on national television when everybody mocked him, right? You, you, when, you're, when you put the star on your helmet and you play quarterback for the Cowboys, you're under a larger microscope than any professional athlete in America. For probably. sure. Right. And I think that's fair to say. OK. Yeah. So to even be at the being in a position to where 
he has actually put together not just one, but multiple MVP caliber seasons, the one in 2021. And then he was on his way actually in 2020 before he broke his leg. He was leading the league and passing on pace for over 6,000 yards. But that was because we didn't have a defense. So we were playing from behind, basically playing catch-up from the, the, the jump every game. So, that's, you know, there's there's an asterisk, asterisk there. But the point is, A, you got a lot of money, right? So you pretty much have – you've already made your bet. You just got to sleep in yeah. at this point, okay? B, he is plenty good enough, and he proved yeah. that this year. I okay? agree. Um, you don't just get to – and I know that the playoffs are the, the ones that – that matter most, but the reality is, man, most quarterbacks have a losing record in the postseason. Most of them do. Yeah, yeah. Do the research, yeah. look it up. Right. <laughs> um, how many, how many playoff wins does Lamar Jackson have? Right. Yeah, it's important. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so yeah, I mean, how many, Aaron, how many, how many road playoff wins does Josh Allen right. have? He never won on the road in the play yeah. in the playoffs. No. I think he has two to to his to his name right now. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for sure. and, and and again, I'm not comparing Dak to Lamar or to 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 Josh or to anybody for that matter. I'm just saying, when you got one that's proven that he can do it at a very high level for not just one season but throughout multiple. Yeah, he led the league in interceptions in 2022, but that there there's very clear things pointing to that, and I've detailed that heavily. That's actually really how I built my my business, for lack of a better, of a better term, was by kind of dissecting the Cowboys' offense under Kellen Moore last year, but. Neither here nor there. Um, yeah, man, the money is also a factor. And then the last thing is, you, you know, okay, so you want to get rid of Dak Prescott? Okay, so what's the next best alternative? Where, sure. where are you going to find me a quarterback? Good luck. Mm-hmm. Right. Most teams can't yeah. do it, much less you no. sitting on your couch figuring out how to find one. <laughs> no doubt. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, then you're just going to get bridge guy. If you yeah. tell me your process of evaluating – predicting and then not only that that's the that's the first most difficult hurdle to jump through then you evaluate one you find one that you like even if you can guarantee that he's going to get it done in the nfl how are you going to get him yeah you want to tank for a year you want to lose yeah, all 17 games and get that you know and even that sometimes isn't isn't enough yeah you go through that that bridge quarterback right hey take a little longer too than it goes sometimes it might go better better than expected exactly you know, I kind of I look at like Seattle with that, you know. I thought they probably thought that they were going to be able to get a, maybe like a, a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud with the whole Geno Smith thing because they didn't really know they get Geno, Drew Locke, and then <laughs> Geno Smith balls out, and then they're stuck with him for another year, and then he didn't look like the Geno from the year before. Right. So yeah, I absolutely get what you're saying. The the bridge quarterback in that situation can be tough, especially with like money. You know, you see it with like the Giants, even Daniel Jones just gets money now. What are they going to do? They're but, stuck. They made their bet. Yeah. There's, there's teams like that, man. It's, it's tough. Same with – I mean, even the Browns, you know, Deshaun. I mean, my God. Dude. You pay that dude so loads of money. Yeah. I that's, mean, a now whole, you're, that's a whole – that's a ter- – like, imagine the position that Browns fans are in right now. Like, Joe, Fla- Joe Flacco just won. They stole their hearts, man. Literally, like, I won know. the entire city over. But no they, can't, they can't not keep Deshaun Watson. They can't no. not. There's nothing they can do. He has to play quarterback for them next year. There's it's no, a, it's, there's it's no way around it. It's a tragedy for them. Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's been stuff like that for going on for a while around the league for sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but you know, you see guys like Baker leave and then look at Baker now. Right. So hey, I was gonna say, man, earlier I was kind of listening behind the scenes when I was backstage. Mm-hmm. Imagine 
we're sitting here right now. What's today? Wednesday, January 17th. Imagine if just a few short days from now we're looking at the Bucks hosting a playoff game. I, which, would mean, so, which would mean that not yeah. only do the Bucks win in Detroit, that would also mean that the Packers win in San Fran. How oh, yeah. incredible would that be? So I go, I'm, I'm in school in Tampa, mm-hmm. like literally downtown. I'm like I can walk to the stadium. Oh, you're oh, in Tampa? I'm in Tampa. Yo. So the plan, the plan is – Yeah, I'm, Packer I'm, fan I'm in Tampa. Yep. I'm, I'm praying right now. So if Green Bay wins Saturday, I'm the biggest Bucks fan in the whole world Sunday. Brother. So I'll, be, I'll be going to the NFC Championship. I will – I will lose it. That is sick, yeah, no, man. So Hell yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, you know, it's got to be – things got to go our way for sure. You know, I feel like both the teams are, aren't the favorite. But, you know, I think we can we can do it, and I think Tampa can do it too, you know. So, no doubt. Yeah. Listen, here's another it'll be, thing. It'll be exciting. Dude, I don't know if you guys even talked about this, but if I'm a Niners fan, I'm scared to de- – as a, as a former mm. professional athlete, like who understands rhythm and flow, like flow state, flow state you know. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy hadn't played a football game in two weeks, y'all. Yeah, right. that's what we, we talked about that. We said yeah. uh, when Matt was on, he was like, we've seen Aaron and these Packers teams years before. They get the oh. buy. They yeah. sit people sometimes mm-hmm. that last week, and then they got the buy. And yeah. then they go into that next game, and it's – we've I, seen I, it as Packers fans for a while. It's probably preferential. They probably asked him, and he was like, no, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Do you know? Do the, mm-hmm. Go the safe route, and I'll be fine. But we, it, we haven't seen him have to do that yet. No. We don't know. We he don't has know. Always been, he's always been one of those guys that's just – yeah. Mr. Mr. Cool, honestly, yeah, like right. it comes to him, flows to him. But I, that's what I hope Green Bay is able to do again this week is just like jump on them early, like fast. That defense get going, that offense gets going. I mean, I I think if Green Bay is able to start hot, maybe not take off like they did against Dallas, but just like seven zero yeah. early, and then just get a couple stops and like. Just game like manage the game, get some yards. If you have to punt, you have to punt, but just like play the game, control the game. And I think that plays into Green Bay what they want to do because Green Bay is one of those teams that they get up, they can go on drives, they can go on like absolutely six, seven minute drives like that. And you're just like, where did the time go? I, I swear yeah. that first quarter of the Dallas game until like the last two or three minutes, the, it was like flying by. Green Bay just took up the entire clock. I was like, I don't know if Dallas is going to even. That opening possession was like seven minutes. It was like seven, eight minutes. I was like, yeah. my God. But, yeah. you know, back to the whole point, I hopefully Tampa can do it. You know, that's a mm-hmm. whole other round. We don't really talk about those two teams too much, but – that's really you cool, man. I go so my buddies and I we travel to Tampa uh, every summer to to kick off oh, the really? NFL season. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. we fly there. That's awesome. It's it's actually it's technically um oh gosh I can't even think of the the beach now. What's what is it? Uh, this is terrible. Around, because, clear water. Uh, Siesta Key. Siesta, Siesta Key. Key. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we go to Siesta uh, every summer, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a blast, man. And oh, they yeah. were actually able to go. So two years ago, or shoot. 2024 now yeah two years ago the cowboys opened up in tampa um and so a bunch of my cowboys but they were actually there that you know they got to go tailgate and witness it like on the scene i didn't make it until the day after i was still playing baseball at the time but uh yeah man it's a cool deal i love i love tampa i love siesta oh no doubt they um tampa we played green bay played tampa they so they played them two years ago and it was in tampa with aaron's last year and then this year they played them but it was in green bay so Mm-hmm. And we got we kind of got dog walked. Honestly, we got we got beat up that game. So yeah, you guys are a much I, different I, team now, though. Than yeah, you were, though. I do agree. So yeah, two different. Beats, be, yeah. It'd be so exciting. So yeah. 
But yeah, man. Um, I, so before we get to the next question for me, I actually have a question for y'all. And I know I've been talking yeah. a lot, so feel free to stop me anytime I just ramble. I have a tendency to do that. Um, my question is, what was the biggest difference for for Jordan Love? Like, So I was a believer. I actually scooped him off of waivers. He, he went undrafted in my fantasy league. I'm a big fantasy guy, but oh, yeah. I saw the tools. Yeah, okay, um, And I actually did a Christian Watson uh, fantasy-like preview, basically saying draft this dude because – the only way that you don't, in my in my head at the time, I was saying basically, if, if you have any if you have any hope of Jordan Love, like any faith in Jordan Love to be 80, 90% of what Aaron Rodgers was in his final year. Um, and this year he was actually better, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But if you had any hope, <laughs> uh, then Christian Watson was going to be a can't miss, can't miss guy. But he can't mm-hmm. get out of his own way, unfortunately, with the injury no. situation. But yeah, um, yeah, man. He, he uh, so the question. What was what 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 was the switch that was flipped? And I, that, I can I can I can you know ask it probably more contextually, but I'll just like let you guys take it from there. What, what changed? I've I've watched I've watched so many of their games from this year, you know, and I just saw Tom Coward's show not too long ago. He was talking about it. And he was like, I've never seen a quarterback in season make the jump that Jordan Love has made from however many weeks to now and. Honestly, I don't even I don't even know really where to start because you can say Aaron Jones, but Jordan started to get hot even before Aaron Jones came back and started playing really well. I feel like it's just like a whole other level yeah. to it now with him back there. But even before that, he was mm-hmm. he was playing well. He was hot. Um, I don't know if it was play calling. I feel like maybe he got more trust in Jordan as time went on. He started to get better, which helped with certain plays, playbook, maybe. I mean, I honestly, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I think, I don't think I will say, I don't think the, this wide receiver core gets their flowers as much as they should because Jordan has been great. Yeah. But the fact that all of our past catchers, either wide receiver or tight end, they are either one or two year guys, and they are balling out. They look yep. like they're. I mean, from tight end, Musgrave was hurt. Tucker Craft comes Kraft. in, yeah. balls. Musgrave's back. He's more athletic. He played well, really well this week. I mean, Jaden Reed has one one catch yeah. this week. That just shows shows matter. the depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, Romeo has his game. It's that's the one. It, it's so weird. We lose Aaron. We've kind of felt like we never get receivers. It just feels. Feels like we just throw guys out there because we've had a, a really good quarterback for so long. He can make everyone better. He leaves, and now all of these young guys we have goes down the list. I mean, Bo Melton a couple weeks ago comes off of the practice squad, goes for 100 yards against the Vikings on New Year's Eve or New Year's. I mean, it was. I don't. I don't know. I, yeah. I can I. Sorry, go ahead. ahead. Finish your thought. Finish no, your thought. I'm sorry. No, well, uh, just finishing up. I I just think it's the confidence from Matt and Jordan and then the the way that the receivers developed throughout the year with Jordan and the connection that he had with them that Aaron didn't want to have with those guys. Right. I, I think that plays a big part. Right. Go ahead, Steve. It looks like you, you were about to chime in there. You go from how the how the season started to how, how the season ended, how, how the season right. has flowed for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. I think the biggest thing for me that was the turning point that seeing, seeing that Jordan Love A is him – and then also that this team can be something, whether it was going to be this year in the playoffs or not, was when we hit that stretch of what was going to be our hardest games. And we win those games. We defeat the Chargers. 
We defeat the Chiefs and we defeat the Lions, right? We defeat those three teams. Um, yes, my two of the three are in the playoffs, but still three good teams. And being able to do so, being able to go through that gauntlet and come on the other side, I think made them stronger. Uh, I think made them uh, feel and believe that they can do something, that they can face the, and do well to the big boys, um, not just a, a team being able to beat up on cupcakes, so to speak. Um, and that's even with me saying that, respecting all 32 teams. Um, but still, you know, I think that, that that stretch was the catalyst to, as me as a fan, belief, maybe even the Packer organization, higher-ups, and Jordan Love himself, believing that, hey, not only can we stay with these teams, but we can beat them. Um, and and that, we, that we don't have to fear no man, don't have to fear no team, I don't have to fear no situation, right? Just as Aaron Rodgers in his own way didn't fear anything. Um, but in a different way, this young nucleus, this young core, this young team, um, I think is his biggest biggest asset. I think his biggest asset is his young, youngness, you know. Um, basically, you know, Aaron Rodgers, as AJ just, just said perfectly, that Rodgers didn't want to have anything to do with the, right. these receivers. And... On the deep balls of Devontae's and, and all that, and that kind of goes to the reason we lost some games and all that. But Jordan Love now here with as the leader of the men, it took time to develop. You know, got through that rough patch. You know, I saw the meme in regards to from another fan base. I think it was the Bears or somebody talking about. Oh, it must have been so hard for Green Bay. They had uh, to question their quarterback for at least four weeks, as we're doing it for forty years. <laughs> um, but. You know, still, you know, I think that was the, the antithesis in regards to where I feel that this Packer team came together. And I think from then on, from that stretch, facing those teams, um, be able to go from there and really having a strong finish now into the playoffs, uh, I think has been key. And where for me, it, it turned. It was that, um, you know, that, be, that being the epicenter of it all, you know, and, and being the reason for um, – the belief, you know, in this young team, a, a team with great wide receivers coming out of nowhere. We talk about how Pat Mahomes makes his receiver court better, how Aaron Rodgers made his receivers better in Green Bay and all that. I think Jordan Love, just with the young nucleus people, everybody being close to, to his age, one to two years, as AJ said, for experience is a positive, not a negative. It's positive because Jordan Love himself is that young. Jordan Love himself is ingratiating himself to the team, as you've seen from the preseason and um, you know, the offseason, right, AJ? You know, in regards yeah. to seeing him hanging out with them and, and trying to build that rapport off the field isn't what it on. You know, so I think, you know, all that encompassing and it just took time to, to build and manifest and then it became what it became. And now we're seeing even a fraction what this Green Bay Packer team can be in the future because they're all going to grow up together, basically. Um, we're going to grow together, grow up together, um, and not saying it's going to be greatness for another 10 years, another decade, but I'm at least saying that it can be because of how and what we're seeing right now from Jordan Love and from this team. Also, kudos to Coach LaFleur, the coaching staff overall. You know, they're not perfect, but they've done a dang good job. Um but yeah, that's what I would say being for me the the turning point in believing in Jordan Love and believing in this Packer team be able to do something because we're gonna come into San Francisco, we're gonna respect that team, but we're not gonna fear them. And we're gonna come in there believing and, and seeing and you and, should um, you're one of the four best teams in the NFC. Right? You shouldn't fear anybody. But yeah, that's the answer to your question. I think it was with that uh, game those game stretches. Fair enough. <laughs> 
Um, I guess my my two cents, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree, but from just like watching from afar, it looked to me obviously confidence matters, right? For everyone. Um, receivers included, like kind of, kind of understanding the 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 intricacies of the position required to perform at a high level on Sundays as opposed to Saturdays. Um, so that is obviously a big part of it. But I think the catalyst for everything that we're discussing here is that Matt LaFleur, it took him a little bit of time to understand what Jordan Love likes and what he's good at. Um, and then being able to kind of build and structure the offense around that. And then also on top of like, just being the, being the, the, the offensive genius that he is um, and just his brilliance, trusting Jordan Love and then Jordan Love having not only the arm talent to go out and execute the game plan, but also just the fact that he sat on the sideline and watched an all time great and, you mm -hmm. know, first ballot Hall of Famer do it for three plus years. Right. Mm -hmm. Understanding the position right. and progressions and then being able to do all that with the arm talent, right. Make all the throws but not turning the football over. Yeah. In care of the ball and trusting Matt LaFleur. He is that good of a, not just play designer, but like the structure of the offense, the way that things play off of each other. Like that route from Romeo Dobbs where, you know, he, he put Stephon Gilmore in a blender this past mm -hmm. week. But it was like, <laughs> it's time for Gilly to pack his stuff up and go home with his kids. That wasn't, that wasn't that like, that was improv. Yeah. That play was structured to design and have yeah. Dobbs flow to the opposite direction. He broke it off because he saw daylight, and Gilmore was expecting that to continue because he's the he's mm -hmm. the film study guy. He he'll run your route for you. Yeah, but he got fooled because Romeo Dobbs just you know real time mm -hmm. had the wherewithal to break that off, and then Jordan Love. Oh, see it, get it there. No matter where, yep. like off platform, like I can throw from any angle. Like I'm gonna get it to you. You're open. You're right. open let it fly. Confidence. And it's just that's that's been the difference. So I think for Packers fans and other fans, they're seeing like yeah. Matt's Matt's true playbook and like what he wants to run. I, I you know, Aaron wanted to do Aaron had his set stuff that had to be implemented, bro. had to be implemented into Matt's. So then you have moments you had it like once or probably twice a twice a week with those two that you see Aaron call a timeout, camera flips to Aaron and Aaron is screaming at Matt, Matt screaming yeah. at Aaron. I mean, you know, Aaron was so great and one I mean, just I I love I love Aaron, what he did. And he's one like I said, past shows, someone asked me why I became a Packers fan when I was really little, first grade. That's Aaron I'm from Ohio, so my whole yeah. family's Bengals fans. Mm. I'm a Packers fan because of him. Uh so That's thank cool. everything he did. But the fact that <laughs> Matt is able to run his stuff and, you know, Jordan gets to do his stuff and they get to work together and you never see a bad moment between those two ever. I mean, they win that game against Chicago to go to the playoffs. And the first thing Matt does is sprint onto the field and hug Jordan because Matt's been there for him the whole time. The confidence that's he, that he's had in them, right. I think that's a huge part and really a reason why Jordan's been able to be so successful. And that's because of Matt, you know, a lot of Packers agree, fans Could not probably put, that. yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of Packers fans, you know, you get those people on Twitter that just they just talk and you. They wanted to put a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of dirt on Matt's name early in the season, um, you know, just saying that he was just writing Aaron's success. But 
what he's done, I mean, I know he's not going to win Coach of the Year. You know, Green Bay went nine and eight, snuck in, but I, to me, he's he's. I I think he should be the Coach of the Year, or if not, like two or three, just because you know, Demarcus Ryan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, I give I give all my props and everything to Matt. I mean, what he's been able to do right. has been incredible. Cosign, man. Cosign. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to bring up in regards to the, you know, the 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 Cowboys and and what was and what can be, you know, I wanted to uh, get Lando. I'm sure he saw it already, but uh, from the comment here in regards to the Cowboys and and Jerry Jones and, and you know him still being there. The last time the Cowboys were able to be <laughs> great was when they had Jimmy Johnson, someone that wasn't, um, you know, going to be a true yes man to Jerry and. Yeah, Ever since then, he's needed one, and they haven't been able to get back there. You know, that correlation and irony and, uh, and, and, and connection is there, to me, for a reason. Um, I think for the Cowboys, they want to go back to the Super Bowl, let alone go back to an NFC title game, period. I think Jerry Jones is going to need to um, yep. realize and understand that maybe he doesn't have to be as hands-on as he, as he is. Whether it was going to be a Bill Belichick, whether it was going to be a Harbaugh, whatever coach there was, it could have, could have been, might be for next year or the year in the future. Uh, I think if Jerry Jones is able to um, let someone coach and be what coach was back in the day, I mean, there's a reason it also took that long for him, to, for Jimmy to be back, to, in, for Jimmy Johnson to be put in the ring of honor in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there was beef there, but I think with, oh, yeah. but with time, I, th- I think I think that's the issue. So I want to get your thoughts, uh, Landon, in regards to the comment and what I'm saying here. Do you think it's Jerry Jones? Do you think if he's able to finally realize that he doesn't need to be hands on, doesn't need to be the king of kings there, um, that that could be the the uh, the beginning of healing, the begin in a way, the beginning of change, the beginning of something um, to let your coach, you know, make the day-to-day operation decisions for the team um, and, you know, just do, you know, big brain stuff in a sense as the owner um, and go from there, you know. But what are your thoughts in regards to Jerry Jones? So that's actually – I alluded to it earlier. And that's not an uncommon, un, unpopular sentiment or question from from that uh, – I forgot who, that, who the person's name was, but it's not it's – not, yeah, Justin. It's not um, an uncommon question. I get it often. And actually most of what I find, I call it the, the the vintage Cowboys fans, the guys who are old enough and fortunate enough to have lived through the glory days. I'm not one of those people. I was alive for the last two, but I wasn't obviously around, like old enough to appreciate them. Um, so the, di- the Cowboys dynasty was wrapping up right when I was born. So Okay, so this all predates me. So... I just don't have the same appreciation and uh, I guess respect for for the way things used to be, but that was a pre-salary cap era. But I'll just say this, man. I know a lot of people believe what Justin is asking to be true. I will tell you though, and I can verify this uh, with hundred percent certainty that Jerry Jones is actually a lot more hands-off than most people uh, realize right now. Um, And once again, I alluded to that earlier uh, in, in the discussion with it's Will McClay and Stephen Jones that are making most of those decisions. Um, and thank God for us, right? The, 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 the Jerry Jones is a master salesman. He is a businessman through and through first and foremost, and he is one of the best 
to have ever lived on planet earth at doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially taking, taking, taking trash and making it treasure. Yeah. We bought the Cowboys organization for $89 million today. It's the most valuable franchise in all sports. It's worth almost 7 billion. Um, so that tells you all you need to know right there, but he comes, you know, he's got, he's the oil industry background, right? Um, that's where he comes from. And, you know, he can sell, he can sell snow to an Eskimo, right? <laughs> so like, that's, that, that's the thing. But uh, as far as the question goes, Jerry, Jerry Jones actually even admitted himself that he asked God in 1995 to give him this one last Super Bowl. And then he said, if he gave it to him, he would never ask for anything again. Uh, and so you could actually spin those words if you want to uh, a little bit more insidious manner, if you, if you will, and say that Jerry Jones made a proverbial deal with the devil back in 1995. And so there's some uh, spiritual, right. and, you know, there, there's, there's a level of, of spiritual, I guess, it, it, it's it's a little bit deeper. That's <laughs> a lot further below the surface than people than people are willing to say. But I don't know, man. I don't really necessarily subscribe to all that. Like, I understand why people do, and I'm not saying that they're wrong for doing it. But just for me, I have to operate in good faith, and, and as as if you know, the Cowboys have the same chance as anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, after February ends and the clock hits zero, and we you know hit the reset button on a new league year like i just you know you guys see my humble little oh, yeah. here like this is what i do man so if, if i don't believe then what 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 do i have absolutely you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um so i guess that's ultimately not really a question that i can answer with certainty right. but i can just tell you guys how how my brain works how i operate mm-hmm. whether the cowboys are actually capable <laughs> uh, of doing it or not is with him still alive and breathing is to be determined but i what i can tell you for what's 100 certainty is that um, he is not making most of the day-to-day decisions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I get that. And I, and I do remember you saying that earlier. It just seems like, you know, at least to me in the last couple of years that, um, from my understanding, that was, that was not the case. And also that, you know, Jerry Jones and, and, and you know, how ruthless he can be, you know, assuming that maybe, you know, that part of it, you know, being it. Uh, uh, he's one right now, right? He needs to be. So, yeah. you know, that – you know, it's it's an unfortunate thing, right? So I guess being him being you know more hands off is actually obviously a good thing and good yes. to see and good to hear. Um, so then, if it's not Jerry Jones, if that thing is 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 not as what most people think, right? Um, what do you think is going to be the number one thing Dallas needs to do to change things? Uh, they have to. They have to. Well, so I, I I've already been on record saying this too, and uh, they have to they have to figure out how to find guys who are just true, get it out the mud warriors that care about winning. Right. Because ultimately as the star turns is a common, you know, it's, it's like a, I don't even know what the word for it is, but it's just like a saying that we have, like as the star turns, right. It's just, it's just one of those understood isms that just continues to revolve in a circle. Right. It's like ebbs and flows, but it all like, it's just this, this thing right here that keeps happening. Um, so we call it as the star turns, but um, the Cowboys culture, because of the brand that Jerry Jones has created, just because of the salesman, the businessman that he is, right? It is the most valuable franchise in the world, sports franchise in the world. And with that, players don't have to win to be relevant. 
right? Jalen Smith mm-hmm. became a household name. Why? Because the Cowboys marketed yeah. the crap out of him and because he had a really good year fresh off of having an injury that was supposed to make him never play football again. He had one good bounce back season when he was mostly just used as a blitzer. Like he, he wasn't even really playing true linebacker. Like he was just rushing the quarterback a lot of times and making splash plays. And so he became a household name. Um, he jumped at the opportunity to get his piece of the pie, as Stephen Jones would say. And uh, yeah, man, good for him. You know, he won. <laughs> Shout out Jalen Smith, man. He got his money, he got his bread, and he got up out of there. But that just kind of goes to show you, like, you know, you don't have to be relevant or you don't have to win to be relevant mm-hmm. for the Cowboys. And so it's a, it's going to be a – there has to be a concerted effort. And a lot it's, – it's almost like Cowboys content creators unite. Like we're rising up right now um, to sort of spearhead this operation of, hey, we have to be more physical. We have to be tougher and – and with that, those two things kind of comes like, hey, we like winning has to matter most. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we have to be disciplined. And we weren't any of those three things on Sunday. The talent was there. We had nine all pros. Nine. Nine all pros on the roster. Should never I mean, be zero there. pro bowlers. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So there you go. I mean, it just goes to show you the team, the team that's more well coached and, and prepared. Yeah. <laughs> and that executes accordingly and doesn't turn the football over. That's the team that wins. Mm, and sure. along, alongside all those things is it's, mm-hmm. it's discipline, it's toughness and it's physicality, right? That's all lumped into that. But the team that's the most well-prepared and that executes that, that well-prepared game plan, right? You guys, mm. we got out coached flat out period. Mm. Right. You guys For broke sure. our ass in that department, in the coaching mm. department. We lost. Oh yeah. Right. No doubt. Um, but then, Along with that is you you you've got you've got to be disciplined and you can't turn the football over, right? Mm-hmm. If two interceptions don't occur, that's a much closer game. You guys are sweating for four quarters, right? It's a different story. Right. Yep. Whether it is the turnover margin matters, um, but yeah, that was the difference. Right. So, I mean, I know me and AJ had that interaction with that feisty cowboy fan heading into the game. Um, you know, I was watching. <laughs> a Twitter space of Cowboy fans and was just obviously listening, you know, flying the wall in a way with their, uh, I think they had like 40 to 60 listeners. So that was pretty cool for them. Um, but most of them talking about, you know, no sweat. We should be able to, to, to beat, beat them down in a sense, the Packers and whatnot and, and all that, which I understand, you know, respect, you know, I get it. You know, I, in my, even wisdom and, and belief didn't never thought neither team was going to blow the other out. It wasn't going to be a blowout. Um, but it was interesting in regards to watching that Dallas Cowboy fan group or a group of people, um, which was with your co-host Nick's uh, hosting it. Um, oh, we're talking space. about spaces. Yeah, space. Uh-huh. Um, but, hey, you know, you are coming into a game. You had a great season. You're facing up against um, – you know, a rookie in regards to playoffs, playing in a playoffs um, with Jordan Love um, mm-hmm. and, and all that. But, sure. you know, so, but all in all, you know, it was interesting interacting with them, but also was interesting, you know, I was interacting with some of them out during the game, you know. So, but it's great to have you on here, you know, yes, to sir. talk about the game that was. 
Um, I know people have to go now. <laughs> it is getting late. Um, so what I'm going to do is just uh, steamroll through what was the wild card round, as I do. Uh, so what was? Was a lot of blowouts. First, we have the Texans over the Browns, 45-14. to 14. The Chiefs over the Dolphins in that, you know, game, 26-7. Uh, Packers over the Cowboys, 48-32. to 32. The Lions over the Rams in the game of the week, 24-23. Bills over Steelers, 31-17. And Buccaneers over the Eagles, 32-9. to uh, I know AJ has stuff to do. So, AJ, um, I'm going to give you the floor. You know, we got Texans, Ravens, Packers, 49ers, Buccaneers, Lions, Chiefs, Bills. Um, I'll let you run the board as you got to go uh, and what you thought and what you want to say and, obviously, the predictions for each game. Uh, I'll start in the AFC. Um, starting with the Chiefs – or not the Chiefs. I'll start with the Texans, Ravens. Um, you know, it feels like the year for Lamar and Baltimore. Um, being from Ohio, I'm a uh, diehard Ohio State fan just as well, so – Seeing CJ Stroud ball the way he has mm-hmm. makes me very happy. Um, you know, I want to say the Texans really badly just because they're a team like Green Bay that is playing with house money, and they're 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 in many ways just like Green Bay. Yeah. I feel like they got these young guys, house money, nothing to lose in these games. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lead towards lead towards Baltimore. Uh, in a really close one, you know, they played really early in the season and it was, it was kind of close and the Texans defense isn't great, but they kind of held them. And as of late, they've been playing really well, um, giving CJ even more of a chance to win these games, but I'm, I'm going to lead towards Baltimore. I would like to see the Texans win though. Um, heading over to the other game, uh, Chiefs Buffalo, uh, you know, I, I think this is the year for Josh. I, I think he finally knocks off Patty in the playoffs. Um, I, I like the Bills in this one. I think the Chiefs played, honestly, their best game of the season this past week against the Dolphins. Um, you know, the Dolphins were struggling. Tua was struggling with that weather and everything. Cold, but I, I like the Bills this week. And instead of going into Arrowhead, you got Patrick coming into Buffalo this those fans are going to be amped. That place is going to be crazy. Um, I'm going to go with Buffalo. And then heading over to the NFC, um, I'll start with the other game, the Bucks-Lions. Uh, I'm, I'm going – I'm going to pick the Bucks. I'm picking the Bucks because I want the Bucks to win just for if Green Bay wins. Um, I, love, I love what Baker's done. I feel for Baker. Um, what he's going through this year and what he's going through his whole career. I think what he's doing right now is awesome. And I think they have a great chance of going into Detroit and upsetting them. That defense isn't great. Tampa is able to stop the run. Um, they got Vita Bay clogged up the whole middle. He makes, if you make Jared Goff have to beat you, you know, you got, I think you got a shot. Um, Detroit will be crazy. There's no doubt. Those, those fans, they deserve, they deserve this, what they're getting right now. Um, but I, I would love for Baker to take it away from him. Just just NFC North team, get him out of there. Hopefully Baker can do it. I'm going to pick the Bucks, And then, like I've said for the past couple of weeks, just because I don't want us to lose, I'm the sole reason we lose games because I pick Green Bay to win games. So I'm not doing that. I think the last week I did pick Green Bay to win was the Giants game. And they <laughs> somehow lost to Tommy DeVito. So I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be that person. I'm – 
I think Green Bay can win this game. I'm just gonna pick with I'm just gonna pick San Francisco just for just for good juju this week. So uh yeah, man, that's those are my picks for this week and <laughs> go pack go. All right, all right. Sounds good. Uh always great to have you, AJ, and uh have fun with classes. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you can follow him on Twitter at EJL0, all, all of the social medias as well, Instagram and, and whatnot, yeah. even I think uh, TikTok um, as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess, Mary, if you want um, yourself in regards to um, going through the, the playoff matchups, who, who, who do you have in regards to, to your picks? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to back up uh answer about the Cowboys because I didn't – Get the answer. Um, okay. So, no, screw that. I'm gonna skip that. Um, I was my mom and I were freaking out with the Darnell Savage pick, like screaming around the house, running around the house, um, and everything. It was a fun day. <laughs> it was super fun. I'm not gonna lie, beating the Cowboys. And yeah. I'm happy that we beat the home streak that we had going on or that they had going on and that was it um lando i wanted to let you know i sent matt ramage your at earlier oh okay thank you appreciate that yeah once he um, once he follows me okay. i'll be sure to hit yep. him up with a him and i like talk behind the scenes kind of cool thank you and i also followed you <laughs> Oh, you follow me too? Okay, well, what's your um, handle? So I'll follow you for back. My picks, I have, like I, I gave you the list. Okay. Um, oh, I see it. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. I like Jordan. Yep, yeah. <laughs> it's a long one, yeah. <laughs> it's the one with the cheese. With the cheese head. <laughs> um, hey! All right, all right. Um. So I have the Packers. Oh, shit. I have the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a great game. Uh oh shoot, I have the Lions, but after thinking about it, I kind of want to see the Bucks because, as AJ said, I also live like two and a half hours away from Tampa, so that should be fun with that game. And I have the Bills. I like Russell Douglas. Not, yeah, I know he's. I know he didn't play last week, but I have confidence in the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, and Josh Allen beating <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, me too. Um, I just want to share this again in regards to Justin's picks. In regards to his predictions for the title games, uh, Bills, Ravens, and Packers, Lions, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, for me, uh, I got the Packers getting the win over the Niners, 17-13, as I said earlier. Um, in regards to the the Lions-Buccaneers uh, game, that for me is oh, game of the week uh, here with these two. Um, and in the end, going to go with the Lions to get the win there and uh, for them to be able to continue on uh, their Cinderella story, right? Um, and then I also do – but I do have the text. In, so the Lions over the Buccaneers, 27-24. Uh, Packers over the Niners, 17-13. Texans over the Ravens, 27-10. to um, And the Bills over the Chiefs, 42-35. to uh, I have that one being the shootout in the game of the week, really, um, at least predicting game of the week. So that's my prediction. It's your prediction. Um, Mary, if you want, before we finally go, go. Uh, welcome to let people know, find you social media, your podcast, and all the other stuff that you wish to share and say. 
yeah, I can for sure say whatever I want kind of right now. Um, mm. <laughs> it's been a lot with the podcast, man. And I'll text you about that Friday because, okay. wait, am I allowed to say it? I can say it, right? It's confirmed, it, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> okay. I didn't, well, I didn't know. So I'm going to have Steve and my co-host Justin on for Fridays. I think it's going to be recorded at this moment. Because mm -hmm. StreamYard still hates me. All right, StreamYard. Love you. And then tomorrow night on Twitter <laughs> or X, whatever you call it, Mary 9011-8710 will be live with Emily. Like Steve said, she's going to be on next week and another person. And it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about the Packers and life and stuff. Um, but yeah, you can follow me at Mac Podcast 2023. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> the podcast is right there and we're trying to reach 50 subscribers. So if you look up on YouTube, Mac Podcast 365, I think it is, on YouTube, mm -hmm. you would be able to find it. We are so close to reaching the mile marker to going live on YouTube. And we can go live on X. Yeah, see, I, I forgot about that even because I know I had that in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. so, but uh, no, you guys have a great show. I know I enjoyed you know, the latest episodes. You, you yourself having Matt on, Matt Ramage, and, and others uh, lately. So I look forward to being on there yeah. on Friday, uh, recorded otherwise. So, uh, yeah, everybody check her out there. Uh, of course, on Twitter and otherwise. Uh, like I said, check AJ out, the other co host, AJ Other Zero, and all social medias. Um, of course, also Landon. Uh, Landon uh, being a great guest uh, representing the Dallas Cowboys at the Lando show, as you saw him uh, on his handle in a sense here on the show there, on uh, his name badge there, uh, the <laughs> Lando show, uh, find him there, a great guy, uh, subscribe to his channel, um, as I just did, ring the bell, as you do subscribe here, and ring the bell, leave a comment in the comment section below if you're watching this archived, if you're listening to this on Spotify, um, I guess you could re leave a review. I don't know exactly how Spotify works, but uh, beyond just listening to it, uh, be listening to episodes. Um, but I think all those um, listeners and viewers, um, of course, like I said, for the viewers, you know, I do my helmets each and every week as I will for next week, whether the Packers make it or not. But I'm looking forward to this game. Hopefully we can get the win. Hope everybody has a great rest of your evening. And above all else, as always, take care. <laughs>